ladies and gentlemen, as with all things, Kenta is always right. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want any of this shit fucking infecting the thing that I love. <laughs> <laughs> Stay so away from it, her. Keep it the fuck away from New Japan. Mm. Yeah. I, 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 you saw the meme I put out about Ishii and the drama, Ishii in the back yeah, just sort yeah. of sitting there. Yeah. Um, as you said about it, I don't want this thing to infect the thing I love. It's like you couldn't have got two diametrically opposed sort of experiences yeah. on the sort of the one day of like on just the same this, day. Yeah. on the same day. And it was like, and it, it's probably the first time in two and a half years yeah. that New Japan kind of won the wrestling internet. It was like, everyone's yeah. like, oh, yeah. and a brilliant, like we'll get into it and talk about it, but like a, so many people are eating L's today. <laughs> like just, just <laughs> well, it's not a good day for the people that have been critiquing the products uh, unfavorably the last couple of years. The fact that it was second and knowing that though, just such a highly emotional night too. Like it was just, you could see it with all the wrestlers. Like you go from watching All Out and then you watch that everyone looks so happy to be there <laughs> the mm. crowd was just everything like you know i have watched that naito intro over yeah. and over and over and over i mean like it's so rare to see naito get caught up and you can actually see the emotion behind the men we all knew tanahashi was going to be tanahashi but i honestly i don't know i, I didn't expect naito to be caught the, up the in boy that. who the boy who pretends he doesn't care about anything yeah actually yeah. cares but about he cares everything. about fucking everything yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the and too much he may uh yeah he may he may still be over i think well, yeah <laughs> i think he i think he may be over i think that Him might, and, um, yeah tai chi's dax and fucking yeah oh yeah you know, just um, tai, yeah it's not a spoil and it's malice um turn in here i tell you too by the way like you know you have all out one of their big marquee pay-per-views for them and then so much love and adoration for what is essentially like a C grade fucking C grade? Yeah. I think you're giving that a bit. It's a road to show on yeah, burning yeah. Spirit. like a nothing show, and everyone's just fucking marking out about how great it is. Yeah. And the crowd was hot. It was fucking great to see. They were just loving every. So everyone was just so happy. It was like, oh, yes, yeah. it was like it was like the fucking. They were all like, um, was it like brick from Anchorman? Just like loud noises. Just yeah, yeah. it was just make noise. <laughs> it was. Uh, and I, I I had to give credit to because I, I listened to uh, when Kevin Kelly gave an interview on the Observer Radio, he was talking um, to Alvarez and Brian Alvarez had sort of said he sort of floated an idea, sort of said a question. And I thought I hadn't ever thought of that. But he's like, because Dave was like, oh, you know, it might be hard for the fans. They might be a bit trepidatious or whatever. And uh, Kevin Kelly was like, they might have to teach them how to do it. And New Japan actually did try to teach fans, you know, remind them how to cheer. But Brian Alvarez sort of said, what if he's like, what if it it amplifies the experience? He's like, because yeah. people have been so used to they either cheer and they didn't really clap. Now you've con everyone's conditioned to clap all the time, to make noise mm -hmm. all the time. What if they then add cheers on top of that? And that's what it was. It was just a yeah. it was like a sea of noise. There was like 700 people there. That was the max they could get. It sounded like 10,000. They were going banana. It was, it was, I think it's like, can you imagine if we can get to the point? I know that. Um, uh, there are rumors, unconfirmed rumors that I'm seeing on certain um, chats and stuff that there's going to be a lot more uh, uh, vocal crowd announcements soon for the next mm -hmm. three months that there'll be a bunch of cards that are going to be announced that they're going to be allowing cheering. 
And that's the thing. It's just going to be, have to be negotiated. It's not like we've just flicked the switch and we're into the full era of cheers. It still is dependent on each um, yeah. you know, province and stuff. But uh, it's very, like, once you hear it, it was like, wow, that's a well, night and day difference. Well, we see people not keen to go to those events because they saw everyone else cheer at the other event. They're like, oh, well, I'm not going to go. I can't yeah, to the, to the non-cheer ones, yeah. yeah. I mean, and... They got to they got to weigh it up. Will people not go to the cheering events because they're concerned about um the spread? So they have to really be you know cautious and figure out this process to make sure that they don't want to sacrifice a big show and people don't go because there's cheering. As as maybe as illogical as that may sound to some people, if there's concern and fear about COVID still there, then that could be a concern for people that don't want to go into that space. But put it this way, the people that are in that building. I don't think they were too concerned. It, it reminded me of like, there was a break a break in the pandemic uh, here in Melbourne at one point, And uh, I managed to get tickets to go see uh, Northeast Party House at the Forum, which is one of my favorite venues to see music in Melbourne. And because everybody had been locked up for such a long period of time, there was like no masks, no nothing. And it was sort of half capacity. But normally when you go to a gig, everyone's pretty sort of subdued. The people at the front are sort of rocking and all that sort of stuff. The whole fucking venue was going nuts. Everyone was dancing. It was just the best time ever. Everyone was having such a good time just because people were like grateful to have it again. So Mm -hmm. I think you're going to see that with those crowds. They're just going to be grateful that they are able to cheer and that will amplify because you'd be like, oh, I can say shit and yell stuff out and have a good time. And that'll just be the mentality. The mentality will be like, yes, let's go to those New Japan shows and let's make as much noise and cheer and and, and be boo. grateful and be grateful for the for the wrestlers to, to do their thing in front of us and show them that we appreciated it, that the fucking hard, how hard it must have been for them during that period too. Cause that's what it felt like for me. It was like, it felt like they were showing true appreciation to the talent mm. and saying, uh, thank you so much. And uh, now that you're back, we're going to let you know how much we love that, you know, show our appreciation. Yeah. It felt like that, didn't it? Yeah. It was lovely. I might, I might go to the question because we, we talked to it, so I'll go to the question. Yeah, uh, so question from uh, Miss J Doom at Miss Doom. Uh, I mean, what's the what's the what? Any monikers there, Red? Any extra? The monikers? Southern Thirst herself. Okay. <laughs> Southern Thirst herself. Uh, so this is a really just to give some context, and this is what we talked about with the show. For Miss Doom, this is the first New Japan show she has watched that has had cheering. She started as a fan in 2020. So she asked the question, how many times did you cry during the show this morning? Man, experiencing experiencing cheering crowds live was incredible. Completely different feel for every match. Well, Miss Doom, it must have been very unusual for you. Uh, it must yeah. have been like, what is this? It's New Japan Pro Wrestling. It would have been amazing for someone who's never, ever actually seen the cheering crowds. Then all of a sudden now they're cheering. It's like, oh, that's what they were saying. It's like, yeah, it's like a, someone who's been deaf their entire life just gets given the ability of hearing. Yeah, it's like it's I was blind <laughs> and now I can see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this comes down to me on probably me on Twitter, uh, tweeting out about every 12 seconds about how I was crying. Uh, but it was... And I, I I said it to people in the discords that I'm I'm in, and I said it to people on Twitter. It's like for the people who have um it's been two and a half years of 
uh, and we've sort of gone through the highs and lows of New Japan and where it's at, and we've sort of sort of said to ourselves, "It's okay, it's fine. Like we can we can live with no cheering. We can get by." And then there was some really there's some really dog days during that period where you know you've got a limited roster and you you're trying your best to get to a point where it's like I wasn't quite ready for. I forgot, like I forgot what New Japan crowds are like. I forgot. I did. I like forgot about it. Like it was this sense of like, oh, well, you know, these hot AW crowds. It's hot. It's like, but it's just so different. It's such a different thing. It's a completely different. It's not. It's not this idea of we're going to try to be part of the show. It's just we're going to be responsive to what we know. We're playing our role in the sense that we respond organically and so you have that crowd that wants to go and and i just knew the moment i heard like some woman yell at I, I, the pandemic ends when some woman just randomly runs at naito halfway through a match like that was when i knew we're back baby when there's just a random naito you just know like that's <laughs> we're back uh but like that kaze nina ray like yeah just yeah. oh just it just like they they it was and they they've they they even turned the music down a little bit just to amplify yeah. it. It was it was something else. It was like holy shit. And as sort of David been mentioning, you know, like it's it was a wall of sound. It was a commitment to make noise. And I was I was just though appreciative. Like thank Christ, we've made it. That was kind of the sentiment. It was like we made it. Like we just for the two and a half years that it was tough. And for for what New Japan has been trying to do and where it's been to get to a point where guys like Great Khan could hear cheers, that guys like Master Wato could hear cheers. Like, it's like almost like trying to affirm what New Japan yeah. has been doing in a lot of respects. House of Torture getting booed. House of Torture getting booed out of the building. It's like fucking, and the L's were flying left, right, and center as people have been trying to tell us that they're not an overact, that they're just people like they're not, it's not working. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But it's like maybe, just maybe, the crowd plays a key role in heel heat mm. and that it's going to come back where it's like <laughs> maybe, they maybe. had the perfect – and you could just see the look on Show's face, how happy he was to be getting booed. I've never seen a man happier to be booed. It was just like <laughs> – The amazing thing about that too was when they come out, Yo was still apathetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? Sonata did too. Sonata walked out like nothing was like it's yeah. just um but I, I think it's like it feels like this was the the shot in the arm that that New Japan has been just waiting for. And a and a it it kind of it made me it's sobering, it made me sort of a little bit sad where it's like just imagine if the G one final had just that, like just imagine like people what have New New Japan has still been putting on some great shows without the crowd. Could you imagine? any other wrestling company having to work under these conditions for this long mm. and, and just being able to survive where you're still, but not only survive, you've still been able to propel guys to high spots in situations where, you know, like that was the thing I was sort of having a chat on Twitter about. It's like we went from New Japan has been treading water. Like that's been their strategy, tread water. Like the, the Bullet Club civil ang civil uh, war angle has been treading water for two years. Like, just yeah. wait for we can get crowds. It's like, and even with that treading of water, so much has changed. And you didn't realize until the crowds could come back and cheer. And you realized, oh, that's right. Great Khan and United Empire, they're a whole new faction. 
They're entirely yeah. new. You know, like guys like Francesco Akira, how would he be received? It's like they're doing the Akira chance. It's like, it was almost like, um, it was like New Japan, like God created the world in like in the dark, you know, and then just turn the lights on and here it is. And they had to have faith that all their decisions would be affirmed. And if you're New Japan management, you're like, oh, everybody that we've positioned as we've positioned them have been and has been affirmed by the crowd reaction. And now I'm just keen to see, well, how will the crowd take Will Ospreay when he's back? Will they cheer him like a face? How will, because like, look at how they cheered ELP and Kenta. Like yeah. out they come, the fucking baby faces of the Bullet Club. You know, like it's just a lot of the stuff we've been saying, a lot of the stuff we've been seeing, the crowd is now starting to give that feedback and it makes it so much easier for people to see. I can't wait to see Jay. Oh, yeah. that idea that people were saying, you know, New Japan's cold promotion and this sort of, and it frustrated so many of us who were watching it because we understood that, yes, I did not, I did not have any issues with anyone that wasn't watching. I was like, oh, you're not real. I understood how difficult the experience is of watching pro wrestling of any kind with, you know, no crowds to begin with and then small clap crowds and, you know, all of those things that were going on with a limited roster with not, no freshness, the same sort of stories being sort of propelled. But it was something of like, so I didn't, I never begrudged anyone for not watching. But when I would see people talk about it, like, oh, New Japan's all this, 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 and this. And all of their issues were being, they were, they were just dismissing the reality, the social reality of the place that New Japan was at, like yeah. where they're at in terms of the crowds yeah. and the, the lack of the, the, the fact that no one could get in the country, yeah. like no one could get in the country. And they were just like, ah, oh, you know, New Japan's just running the same stories. It's like, yeah. there's got, there's 12 guys on the roster. Like they can't do anything like at this point mm-hmm. there. And <laughs> it was just, and it was just these easy beats that people were making because people weren't engaging any further than the surface. So they were just assuming that oh, new Japan used to be good, but AW has come along and taken all of its steam. And that was true to some extent, but people forget that in 2020 new Japan, when, when at the beginning, before the pandemic, right before the pandemic, just a little bit of history, New Japan did the double dome, had over 70,000 people, and then followed that up with Kenta versus uh, Kenta versus Naito selling out Asaka Joe. Like, mm. so in, like that was, and then the pandemic hit. And so New Japan was able to survive the pandemic because they had that much money come in from those early events. That's how good they were going. And that was during the time which AEW existed. So it wasn't like that was the argument, but you couldn't defend it because it was such an easy thing. It was like, well, look at the crowds, look at this, look at that. And so it was very tough for us sort of New Japan fans that were sort of following along. So we huddled together, at least these huddled masses against this tide of discourse that was shit house and a promotion that wasn't being able to do too much, but you could see shoots and for people like me like you know i love el desperado so i was hanging on because the dude was it's like finally (laughs) it's like he's getting the push he's getting the big run this is awesome and it was like that was enough to keep me going but and then i found all these people that are out there and hopefully many of them are listening and that's the sort of community that we're sort of building off the back of that as people that experience the reality of that and now now we have gotten to a point where the crowd comes back and they cheer and it was like, ah, oh, that's right. That's what that feels like. And doesn't New Japan feel like a completely different product in one night? In one night, everyone on the timeline's like, wow, I can it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah it might have just been that they weren't able to they've been able to fix the flight issues, they've been able to fix the 
um, the story issues where they're going. Now they're going to fix the crowd issues, all of which are products not of their making. If they can fix all those areas, they might just be able to put on a pro wrestling product that, that will attract audiences and be, you know, critically and commercially successful, you know, because they've got a track record of doing it. So it might actually happen. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's it. Like, and it just so happens it happened to be on the same day as perhaps the most, the, uh, the, 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 the bastion of the, the, the golden child that everyone wanted to say with every that was all that was right with pro wrestling, as opposed to this new Japan cold product that it has an implosion and, and, and reveals itself to be just like every pro wrestling promotion that's ever existed on that same day when everyone's got this negative and this sour taste in their mouth. It was like a pro wrestling battery. You had this like negative charge and then here comes the positive charge at the end of the night to just reframe and remind people of the power of pro wrestling and what it should be about and how simple it can be and how great it is when the fans and everyone's just engaged together. Even Minoru Suzuki's talking about wrestling for everyone. He's that excited. He was just, he was feeling great. That was to me uh, what this whole thing was about was this, this sense of we're moving forward now. There's no need to worry about looking back. We're moving forward and we're ready to go. Like, can you imagine, like, honestly, like, I, I don't know how Miss Doom did it, like, became a fan during this era. Like, yeah, like what's the appeal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's a true uh, sicko right there. 100%. Pure Shinnehom freak. In, in a lovely way. I don't mean... No, any, no. That freak is a, hours. Yeah. That is our people. That is our people right yeah. there. Like, yeah. I'm going to get into this thing, and not only that, I'm going to get into it when no one's cheering. So the things that we fell in love with it for, like a big aspect of it, playing to the crowd and how they react with the crowd and all that kind of stuff, the intros. But I, I wonder, I wonder if it, it's a bit of a speculation here. But I, and and feel free to write in this term. But I wonder if some of it was the community, because because of how mm. tough it was out there, New Japan Pro Wrestling discourse became quite positive amongst the people that were there because we were literally hanging on to each other <laughs> so it was a matter of like it felt like a more no i'm not saying everything's positive but it felt like a more supportive space of like well this is like we're willing to help and people are willing to like explain stuff and they're willing to because they knew that like every fan is precious like every potential person to find this product is precious because the product was losing western fan interest hand over fist you know like um, I'd be really interested if that if that played a role, you know, and not to overemphasize, you know, our role as people and uh, in this in this um, in this whole uh, engagement. But I do think to some extent that all I put this way, I found it especially during the pandemic was a huge aspect of the reason I kept watching was um, just the sense of community that I was getting with people from all around the world who are watching this thing. There's so few of us at the time that I, when I said, when we started this show, I was like, I'm confident there's an audience out there because literally like I've been talking to half of them. Like if, mm. if we can just meet, if we can just get our, our podcast into the ears of half of the people that I've been talking to about this, we'll have a pretty decent audience because there's enough people out there. They're just in hiding it's and they're sheltering. Um, it's funny, every night, uh, Josh would actually would hear this conch over in the distance, this horn. This yeah. It was Josh calling, Dave and I. It was just like going, boys, it's time. <laughs> Unite the tripod. No, remember I kept saying, I kept saying, we will have something. But I said, not quite yet. Because I didn't want to expose you. Because I knew the level of freedom that it required. And I knew how tough it would be as a transition. Because I kept saying, just, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. Because you just didn't want to come in and have to see 
some like that would have been a really hard sell coming in to see some of those stadium shows where there's like 3000 people in a stadium that holds 60 and yeah, it was yeah. tough to see, to see new Japan like that, you know, not without uh, just a smidgen of irony that on the same day that AEW looks like it's falling in a fucking heap and there's all sorts of chaos and shit going on that new Japan fans and fandom is like at its happiest point in two and a half years <laughs> because cheering crowds are back and it's like this beautiful organic smiley up yours fuck you <laughs> yeah and completely <laughs> on us for two years and completely unrelated that yeah. we're doing the thing of like we're just living our life loving this shit over here avoiding the drama fucking just just fucking cutting a rug and yeah. and there's nothing they're looking over the they're looking over the fence or like the the SpongeBob meme, like looking down as <laughs> we're all fucking dancing. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're just lost in the wilderness of fucking kayfabe destruction. We are We Work Stiff, and if you don't listen to wrestling, thank you. If you did just listen to us last week, you'd know that we like to talk about wrestling. And if you follow Josh online on whatever his handle is, you'd know that he <laughs> likes to watch and talk about wrestling as well. It's at We Work Stiff, Fred. Yeah. And this week, there's um, there's actually a lot to talk about. There but is. We're doing a similar thing to what we did last week when there wasn't so much to talk about. And that's where we are going through our assignments. Now, my name is the Ravishing Red Rude, giving one of the weirdest intros I've possibly ever given. <laughs> Over yonder, it is the Tokemore Pimp himself, Dr. Dave Rudin. Hi, how you going, everyone? I wonder who picked up on my yes reference just before when you said the only way is up. <laughs> I hope you leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, this is an interactive intro. They always are, Red. They all are. And making the magic over yonder, it is Julius. Chocolate Mouse himself. (laughs) Crichton. Oh, okay. You've just... uh, Was that Scottish? What is that? I don't know. It was like Scottish German. Crichton. Close. Well, that makes sense. Uh, thank you, Red. Thank you. Thank you very much. King of yeah. Dorks. The only way is up, baby. <laughs> you and me now. That's making it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what people are saying about drama on the timeline, Dave, because it seems like it's fucking great. This is a great time to be a wrestling fan. How awesome is this? No drama in sight. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, uh, and I mean, thank you so much, Josh, for actually spreading the word and getting us, you know, some followers before the even show started. Out of curiosity, though, Josh, if people wanted to somehow reach out to us or follow mm. us, is there any particular way at all that they could? Yeah, they can, Red. They can. It's uh, on on Twitter at uh, we work stiff. We work stiff on Twitter. And now, interestingly, to, just to point out, um, it was such a such a triumphant night last night. It even got Dave tweeting. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. Dave uh, is on Twitter 
tweeting, actual tweets, written tweets. Yeah, I figured hitting out. on yo, yeah, on brand. Whilst everyone <laughs> is whilst everyone is just in reveling in this moment, Dave couldn't help himself and take take aim. <laughs> there you go. Well, I can't not be me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but people, even that wasn't going to get any. Everyone's like, it's, yeah, no. it's like it's a joyous moment, yes, but. Well, I mean, I, I did refrain. I mean, I, I gave a bit of shit to Tana about, like, give me the waterworks. They, gonna, he, he was saving. If promising you're going to cry, fucking cry already. Uh, and, you know, I didn't sneak in a <laughs> for key cunt Tana to just be like, I ain't crying. <laughs> yeah. But he, he, he was sort of saying to Milano, I won't cry, I won't cry. He was, like, showing his head, like, I'm not crying. Because even the cameramen were queued up. They did the they did the Tana eye shot as he's coming out. They were ready for Stoke, and he's yeah. like, "I'm not doing it until he walks through to the back thing, and then Same. gone, absolute, yeah. just waterworks." He's like, he was even making the sounds. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> that, like, "Oh, Tana, he's done it." I I watched that this morning, and even like that even got me a bit choked up. Oh, it's you know great. I mean? oh, it should like I I I'm not afraid. As I said, I am not afraid to admit. I am. I was doing the Cody face, you know, the like the the, the Cody head shake, you know, like ugh, trying to like shake my head out of these tears as as first night. I, it was Carve in the Ray was the first one where I did. I got goosebumps and started to like do weird things with my hands, mm. and then and then the Naito the Naito reaction got me, hundred percent got me. As soon as they started chanting Naito, as soon as Naito walked through the thing and I could see his red in his eyes, I was like, I was like, I was the just welling up. Um, and then the and I, I and then they did the like the cut to Tai Chi fucking around. I did the you know the crying bit where you do the half laugh. <laughs> I was doing those ones. And then we got to the main event, and I was like, "You, Dave, I'm like, just give me permission to go, Tana. Just give me permission. I'm just I'm willing. I'm ready to go." And it wasn't until we went to the back and he started going, and I was reading Chris Charlton's translations at the same time. I was like, "Ah," oh. I was like, just the most wholesome cunt on the planet. I was like, this guy. <laughs> this guy just, you know, he genuinely cares about the place, you know, just the genuine care you can see. Um, and it meant so much to be able to to do that. They if anything, it was a it was like as you said, Dave, it was a celebration, but it was also a, a commitment to the the art form of like how yeah, important I mean, this relationship is between fan and, and worker. Just wait until Tano's allowed the you know, wipe his sweat on people's oh, towels again. Imagine the, the taint rubs are coming back. <laughs> yeah. Can, can, when he can hug someone, like, and that, the, yeah. I, I will admit, the moment he was sitting down talking to the kid, I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. Like, he's just, I, and I'll give Miss Doom credit. She, she, she described, compared Tana to a care bear who she would kill for. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, that is a perfect tweet. I was like, that's exactly what he is. He is the best. It was great. So good. So, yes. Pro wrestling, eh? Is it a great being a New Japan pro wrestling podcast? Um, and I, I sort of want to talk a little bit about that idea of the kayfabe, um, you know, like storytelling in the, in the age of reality, you know, like how do yeah. you do it? Because there's no doubt that part of the reason that people care so much is because they do believe the characters to some extent. They do feel like the, those workers are to some extent. There's a realness about it. There's a realness to them, which is part of the art. Like, yeah. you know, it's the art of, you know, work me, 
because I want to be worked, you know, yeah. like that's like we're all suspended disbelief. We want to be worked. Yeah. I, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, you want to believe in the character. Yeah. I want to believe any uh, X-Files fans out there, but like, I want to believe in this, but it was never a bad thing to be worked. Now everyone's so scared of being embarrassed by being worked. Like, oh, I've been worked that they believe everything's a work. Like even yeah. shoots are now works because I have to believe it's a work. So I'm not going to be made to look silly. The thing I like about pro wrestling is that it's not, it's not like anything else. It's like, a, it's like, not like any other medium or, or genre of entertainment ever, because it's, it's like the characters are the characters the whole time. It's like, if the Avengers were like, if Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man the entire time, you know, like, mm. That's how they want to present it. When the cameras are on them, when they're being seen in any performance context, they are supposed to be the character in that if when pro wrestling is done at the sort of highest level. And it doesn't really happen anywhere else anymore other than Japan, I guess, you know, and Mexico. There are, it's like a weird thing in fandom, right? Of like across the board in lots of different things. It's it's sort of this this kind of idea of it being sexy to be in the know you know what i mean like it's a sexy mm. idea in your head like oh yeah i fucking knew about that before you and yeah i know that was a work it's like it's i think it's why people get so attached to uh well i know i had a phase of this but like people get so attached to conspiracies is because it's like this the it's a sexy idea to be like in the in the know in the secret society of like people that know shit mm. and you can be the first and you can it's like this weird kind of ego it's, it's a kind of ego game yeah that people play yeah like you said alluring uh and oh, i'm kind of at a point where i'm like well you know i just don't give a fuck if i'm being worked or not i just kind of want to enjoy work, it yeah work but, me daddy but because of the history of wrestling, particularly in the last 25 years or whatever, it is it is easy to lean into uh, it's a work because of all the loopy shit that was going on through that sort of WCW period. and Yeah, anyone that survived WCW 2000. Yeah, we were such a blurred line between what was real, what wasn't real. And then you know, guys are cutting fucking promos on each other, on people that weren't even in the same company, you know, like <laughs> Scott Steiner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cutting promos on Ric Flair, putting over Stone Cold on your Scott. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just a different, and that was sort of my point. I was like, um, it's been a big talking point. And obviously, as I was saying to you boys, like we are a new Japan pro wrestling podcast. And to some extent, um, as David sort of mentioned that, being a new japan pro wrestling fan now is almost being having to be a, somewhat a little bit of uh across a lot of promotions because of the way that the modern pro wrestling presentation is like you know like for instance like this weekend or this week you know like um aussie opener wrestling uh ace austin and chris bay awesome. at an impact so it's bullet club versus united empire on impact yeah with yeah, like guys have been on New Japan. I mean, to fully grasp the stories, you kind of got to start branching into other shit. Yeah, the universe is expanding. And granted, the benefit for New Japan World is that match will come to world. Like that's what's been really good is that, you know, two days later, it comes to world. So 
you get an opportunity to see those kind of things and the Japanese fans get an opportunity to see those things that might not be as easily accessible. Um, so you can keep abreast of it, like Kushida's working impact and stuff at the moment and that sort of thing. And obviously AEW has the that's sort of where the premier, you know, like the the top end talent of New Japan is being sent to be showcased. And we had, you know, Ishii on the uh, on the uh, all out show against Eddie Kingston, you know, the two of them chopped the shit out of each other. Um, really, really tough. And the selling was just otherworldly as per usual, but they did set it up as like a, that's one, one, and they need a rubber match. So I do like that idea of they're sort of telling a bit of a story of those guys sort of, sort of, uh, they won't be, um, they're, they're stubborn. That's the idea. They're both these two stubborn forces and they won't be, um, they won't give in. And that's, that, that kind of is a simple story. And I think it's effective, but, Dude, I would be I would be so up for a Kingston G one run. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, I mean, we talked we talked during I think at the end of the G one about, you know, potentially having certain guys coming over and it was gonna be some top tier guys. Well, you know, like I think that if you're not gonna send your top guys because you don't want them off TV for a month, that's mm. fine. Cause there's plenty of they got plenty of uh sort of like upper mid tier dudes that would have a great run and would potentially help them move up the card when they head back or at least or at least develop them yeah like it's throwing a kingston and then uh uh, whether it's garcia or someone like that whether he or ricky starks juniors or a super uh yeah ricky starks someone younger so yeah yeah, just just working that idea of of trying to build and and building on those relationships i did um just to to put a mention before you know we go into the topic but tony khan did do an interview with uh dave Meltzer on observer radio and he did talk about the difficulty this year with Wrestle Kingdom being on a Wednesday. And he was like saying, if it wasn't on a Wednesday, he'd send, he, the quote was, he'd send the house. So the idea being, everybody can go. This year it's going to have to be negotiated. Um, but the, the positive signs that there is, in, if, if it's, it, see, from Tony Khan's perspective, his issue has always been, as long as it doesn't affect TV, that's always been his position. And because of travel and the restrictions, it's been very hard. I think it's going to open up even more now. I would not be surprised to see little old Moxley make his way back because he's—I mean, he was a lunatic that was doing—that was doing two Tuesday night shows, flying back, doing doing Wednesdays, flying back. He remember that night? Remember that run he did where yeah. he was he was in Japan for two shows, went back to yeah. America, and then went back to Japan. Like you cannot question the man's commitment. Um, but wasn't there boy, a death I, in there as well? Uh, yeah, he did that like two weeks later. Yeah, he was that was his that was his crazy run. That was his insane run. Um, but I do, I do think that um, it would benefit certain guys, and I think as I said Kingston is one of those guys for sure. But uh, and it benefit New Japan and getting the eyeballs across for sure. But like I was saying, that's that's the uh, the goal of these partnerships to follow New Japan is to follow across all these promotions, and. To some extent, it, what it does show you in a lot of respects is it shows you the different, like people think pro wrestling is all the same and it's so just it's so diverse. It's like so diverse in the way they present them and the way they shoot it and the way they frame their little universes. And people think, oh, well, AEW is very New Japan-like. It's very similar in the way that they've gone about it. And it's it's not. No. It's just not. It's not It's not really close. It's the, the best and it's a tough. I mean, it's obviously WCW-informed. But it's it's like WWE minus all the you know the criticisms of WWE. Like it's it's a good, well produced, 
sort of pro wrestling product that focuses on the wrestling and focuses on long-term stories. Yeah. But it's not, it's not, it's, it, they use, they use promos and they use, they do inserts and they do like that's, it's a Western product and that's what it is. So it's very different in its presentation as opposed to the uh, new Japan, but it's ironically, it sort of takes a lot of the, uh, the framework of new Japan in terms of the ownership and the onus or more to the point, the onus on the pro wrestlers themselves to tell a lot of their story. Yeah. It's a lot of trust into its workers to craft it, their stories and to get the promo over. No, no writers, right? There's no writers. The same idea of like, I'm, I'm assuming the agent to have agents, which is another thing that new Japan uh, doesn't have like, uh, but this idea of there's at least some control over their matches and the directions and the stories they tell there, but they give them a bit more leeway to tell the, the, the bigger narratives. And we're seeing at the moment, I, I was sort of interested, this week has revealed a lot of things and we don't need to get into what has happened. I think there's going to be plenty, if you want to get into that drama, there's plenty of podcasts out there that are willing to go into that. Um, we don't need to go into that other than to say that there is there is an art to the modern day uh, rivalry promo story uh, feud that people have, I think, taken for granted at just how much of the crafting of that is dependent upon everyone working together to tell the story and being cognizant of the story and going, knowing the destination and working together to get to that destination. So everybody wins. Mm -hmm. And I think that this has been the biggest telling week of, I so enjoy, uh, as you've said before, Dave, I so enjoy the kayfabe element. I so have accepted that I know that this is a work. I know the whole thing's a work. I'm aware of that. Same way I know that when I'm watching a film that the thing's a work. I know yeah. that it's crafted, that it, there's intentionality in it, that people have, like, that they're, that they're actively trying to move me emotionally, that they're, they're, they're trying to manipulate me. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm fighting against it, I'm not having a good time, am I? I'm, like, actively saying, like, oh, don't let, don't, how dare, I don't want to feel anything. Like, no. It's like that's not necessarily the way to go. It now to critique it is to say they didn't capture me. Like that's fine. I they wasn't able to suspend my disbelief. The story didn't connect with me. The characters didn't connect with me. The same way you critique criticize the film. Same thing you do in wrestling. But you to actively go against it to pretend like you are smarter than the movie. It just seems like to be the most ridiculous idea. It's the same thing here. Like I don't want to go actively against the wrestlers. Like the wrestlers are trying to tell a story. Let's go with them, right? It's a bit like watching the Titanic and one guy just gets up at the end and goes, you know, actually I knew it was about to sink. And it probably speaks to a broader issue that we have in society about uh, being vulnerable, about willingly uh, giving ourselves up over to the stories that are told. Like the whole point of these things is to make us feel certain ways. The whole point of the experience is to either feel any kind of emotional response that's the point and to be like no i will not feel anything that is not the, the wrestle for me boys you know 4.75 like this is not necessarily the way i want to engage with it and as a consequence we're seeing the issues that that emerge when we just pretend like we we don't want to be um we don't want to uphold kayfabe in any context because we don't want to be hurt you end up getting hurt a lot worse because 
Now you know what's happening. Now you know how the sausage is made, and good God, you'll never eat sausage yeah, again. And then what? When then what becomes the enjoyment of the product? Then it becomes the, the, the matches what, become irrelevant, it, Dave. It becomes irrelevant. So all you're watching for is the fucking dirt sheets. Like, what's where's the interest in that? As a kid, like anyone that went through WCW, yeah, this is this is triggering. It's legitimately triggering, and the discourse is like. I, yeah, I never, I never got that. Like we talked, you know, we talked about it just before. Like the idea of like being in the know is like this kind of this this for some people this fucking sexy idea. But <clears throat> I just find that it takes away from my enjoyment of the product. I know it's yeah, like you said, I know it's a fucking work, but that's not why. That's not why I'm watching it. Yeah. Who is the best at working me? Who who can yeah. I sit back and say, man, they got me to a point. Like, wow, I was so caught up in that. I was so hyped for that story arc. I was so connected. And this, and this I think, is why I enjoy New Japan so much. It's because of, like, the nuance of the characters, the Jay Whites and, and, and others. Yeah, Tetsuya Naito, you know? Yeah, yeah. That these, there's these kind of complex kind of like you said complex story uh, complex characters simple stories mm. all of this goes in and that's that's what yeah you know character pieces have always been what have interests me most in films and uh you know i can i can i can sit through a shit film if there's a character in there that fucking grabs me you know? yeah and that's the thing about it. like same with matches like if and i know we're saying there red you know you love your matches but if the matches don't have any meaning they're just meaningless matches and mm. even worse than that you know that the matches aren't actually the real the, the guys are, they're not if you are getting the backstage scoop and you know that these two guys actually hate each other at the back and that the match isn't between those two guys but instead other two guys like well, what's the con- what's who do we care about this story being told i'm more interested in the real story happening at the back so everything we present is now pointless. Like, yeah, we. The, what's the point of watching the matches? I mean, it's the it, it is the beauty of the young boy system too. I think is like you get these guys all presented and looking the exact same way, which yeah. on the surface would be like, oh well, I'm not. I'm only. I'm not. I'm only winning it for the matches. Well, okay, but the interest in those guys is the beginning the seeds being planted to these characters and how they interact with each other and then like who who ends up adopting them and where they go like that's that's the beginning you're fucking planting the pot you know yeah who gets a knee pad the flower is going to grow it so yeah yeah he's got a fucking bit of white on his knee (laughs) yeah oh my god what's going on there so like that adds adds to the uh the investment of it all yeah because you're and it's it's frustrating i'll admit fans out there it's frustrating following new japan because you have to be patient nothing is going to happen quickly let's just let's just get that yeah. out, of, out of the way i mean the, the level the level of long-term story it is and the layers of a long-term story in each character it i mean you gotta invest or you will miss some shit it's so rewarding when someone can like remind you of a thing and you can call that back. I mean, it's like, like, it's like fucking watching yo, right? Like, here we go. It's (laughs) so frustrating watching him because I'm like, what, what is the story here? Like he was the only guy 
that looked like he didn't want to be there last night. <laughs> he didn't look like, I tweeted, he looks like he doesn't want to be here or anywhere, anytime, ever. Like, yeah. what? But in spite of everyone else having a great time and, and you know, and, and, and really, you know, there was just... There was... But miserable by design. Yeah. That's, that's his apathetic wrestling character. And we're going to watch for years until one day he snaps. That's it. So, like, whenever I see shit like that and the camera's on Yo for a moment and he's, like, fucking this stoic, deadpan, fucking nothing character in white, he might as well be transparent. Uh, New hair, though. Like, what, what's the fucking hint? What am I looking at? Like, what, what am I looking at? Is there something in that image of Yo right now that is a hint for the future? I heard... I heard uh, Joel on the Super J cast, and it's really nice to hear. Uh, he he gave us a shout out this week because uh, I asked him a question, and he he was kind enough to answer it. But I heard him, Dave, bordering on a conspiracy booking. I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. that's not what your show does. Speaking hang on my now. language, Joel. I was like, yeah, I was like, we Joel, converted them. <laughs> I was like, that's not that's not how you should talk, Joel. He he caught himself too. I knew he yeah. caught himself. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But he did mention. He said. You know, what's this story they're telling with, you know, the chaos and house of torture? He's like, well, what about if Yo, the story is, what about if Yo is the one who's pushing, because he's pushing clearly to break up house of torture. That's what Yo did. On the first night that we didn't, that wasn't the clap, uh, the, the, the crowd, it was at Yokohama, which did a really good, the first night on the tour was a Friday. Yo cut a promo where he sort of, they talked about the demon busters, the hot busters, you know, and they, and he actually had a little bit of personality, like a little bit of fire, not a yeah. lot, a little bit, just a hint. And from that point, he's saying, well, what if the story is it's going to be chaos versus house torture for like a breakup angle, like break up the factions. But what if, and everyone's expecting house of torture to be broken up, but what if chaos loses and they have to disband? And what if it's yo, the reason he's the one that's trying to get them to do it. And so he ends up being the, he ends up costing chaos. Chaos has to, disband and yo's left on his own as the and he's the reason and everyone fucking hates him yeah it's like there's your impetus there's the now yo can go to the dark side that would be that i was like oh that's an interesting idea Joe. Oh, he, oh. he needs to go to a side yes. some side any side somewhere <laughs> side it's just like somewhere pick a side yo that is anything <laughs> yes he may find his way to something and uh, but that's the thing. You're right, man. Like you have to be, you don't have to pay attention to everything, but you can pick a thing to pay attention to and you'll be rewarded. Like you will, yeah. like there's a plan to these things. As much as people don't want to think that way, there's a plan and it's not, it's so not overt. And we had this sort of discussion last week about, uh, you know, the Osprey stuff and some really nice feedback in regards to the Osprey stuff. But, and I, I wasn't trying to demean Will Osprey in any, any way about, you know, or people that like his style, but it's yeah, like painting board pictures. Yeah. Yeah. That's a more Western approach where there's a little bit more, you know, hand holding, you know, like just to guide yeah. people a little bit. And that's more than what we get in, in sort of some of these stories in New Japan. There, there is no, um, there's no uh, orientation. Like you come in, no, you, you've got to figure it out. You have to figure it out. And that's why a collective, uh, engagement of a bunch of people is kind of key because you, if yeah. you don't have someone to sort of create a video essay or do a podcast or something like the fans are such a, that's why the fans are such a big part of it because they're really helping others to understand 
what's really going on. That's why Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton are so critical in that Western expansion because they're able to clue you into story beats and key things or like... I would be interested to know, uh, like the Japanese commentary, if they have a similar approach. Yeah, I, I'd be interested. Um, there are people out there that I can ask yeah, and try to like find out. They do the similar thing where they inform the audience as to story beats and... I think it. I think it would be at least implicitly, yeah. you know, like just yeah, they'd, they'd have to though. But like some things, like people repeating moves, like they're like we see yeah. people calling on moves and stuff that are that are subtle or little or little things about like reoccurring dates or little things like that 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 sort of yeah. Um, I'd just, just be. I'd be interested to see how parallel the the approaches are. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think and that's the and I but see the point of that that I really like is that. In that world, in this world where if it was a shoot, right? So that's the idea. If this was a real thing, and that's what I like about New Japan is they they create this weird world where it's like if this is a weird, a, a, a real thing, this is how this would work. Like someone's out of injury, we just replace them. We don't have to do an injury angle or like we don't have to do it. Like we just tell you this guy's hurt or this guy's got COVID or this guy, this guy missed yeah. his plane. Like we'll just tell you what happened. Like it's a sport. And, but in that world, there's the craziness of all the ridiculous house of torture, you know, shenanigans and all that sort of stuff. But in that world, you can, you wouldn't in, in a real context, you wouldn't explain things about your character. You wouldn't be overt about, you know, like it wouldn't be every, every promo wouldn't be an exposition dump, you know, like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be, I've got to catch you up to where you need to be. I need to get you in the story. It's just you are following the 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 journey of a single wrestler through their experience of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So they're not going to say, you remember, like back this time I did this, you know, like it's you have to the really good promos, like your Jay White's are really good at calling back stuff to catch people up. He does it all the time in terms of like you said this back then or whatever, just to give people a nice little refresher in his promos. Kenta does that too. I think that that type of presentation, and as you said, Dave, the the backstage promos where you go straight to the back and they're cutting their promo for the new story or whatever, and the journalists are there and those poor, you know, Tokyo sports journalists are just got to sit there and ask their questions or get shit on, you know, by certain wrestlers. Um, I I just feel like how do how do you put it nicely? I just think that. In the modern age, when everyone wants to know what's real and what's not, if you never tell them what isn't isn't real, you 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 never people are never able to accept anything but it being what you show them. What the what you show them, they don't know what the real you looks like. They have no frame of reference to understand that, or even to understand what reality looks like in the context of your presentation. They just don't know what it looks like. Yeah. And New Japan has spent a long time trying to cultivate that uh, position. And obviously, I know that Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks were very anti that. I'm aware that that was a big part of their thing. Kenny Omega, even during that Okada Omega series, was going on Wrestling Observer talking about it. You know, this idea of that stuff being disseminated. I wasn't. I, I wasn't a fan of Kenny talking about the construction of the Okada matches while they're happening. Like, mm. like. Uh, I get it. I get what you're trying to do, but like director's commentary in real time is not necessarily as interesting, you know, like <laughs> yeah. there's, 
tell us in 20 years time or tell us when you've retired and we can look back at it and, and, you know, talk about these things. And so a Jay White character is such a, a breath, a breath of fresh air. And when everyone was comparing him as like this guy coming through, that's like, Oh, he's, he's the Kenny Omega replacement. He could be anything. He could be further from it. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a throwback to an era that just doesn't, it just doesn't exist anymore. There aren't guys like that anymore. But I do feel like you look at a guy like Will Ospreay, like he's working all the time, all the time. We don't know what Will Ospreay looks like as the the real Will Ospreay because I I don't know who that guy is. That's the point. I have no yeah. clue. Do yeah, think people yeah. think he's telling? Do you think people think he's telling the truth when he's when he's talking? Because I know when he's doing those interviews, whilst he may sound like he's out of character, he's not. Yeah, like. Where does the character, and that, that's the appeal. Where does it, to me anyway, where does the character start and end? And I like guys who do the blend where it's unclear. Yep. And the Western guys in New Japan do it better than anyone. I think that it's just part of, that Japanese presentation. So the Japanese guys, that's just, they just do it because that's what they've grown up doing and that's what they've always done. Mm. The Western guys who go over and do it that way, I think that's, they're just echoing what the Japanese guys have done the whole time. When pro wrestling's at its best, it makes us feel like we're kids again. And when you're a kid, the fun of pro wrestling was the, the, mystery around was it real or wasn't it real and i just feel like that intrigue is what drove a lot of like the austin tyson thing is austin mcmahon thing it was like it wasn't done like a shoot it wasn't like people look back and say oh like it was no people when i was a kid i had no clue that Vince McMahon, like, and when he came out as the owner, I didn't know that. Like, I wasn't reading the sheets. Yeah. So the the dynamic of that to me was, oh man, is Austin really getting? Is this really happening? Like, and it's like, ah, oh, no, no way it could be happening, but it could be. But what if it is? Like, what if it is? And that what if it is has now been translated to the shoot component. Like, Wrestler X got into a fist fight and bit someone in backstage. Uh, that can't be real. But what if it is? Like, and the the trouble with that is there's no payoff. There's no the end goal of that is going to be an unsatisfying finish if somebody puts out a press release. Like, there's no it'll probably it'll probably result in fucking someone's favorite wrestler not wrestling in the company anymore. Yeah, and yeah. so, but the the point of the narrative arc of that is you can't control that story. You can't lead it. You can you can work later and try to make it into a story that you can work with and good lord lord knows people have done that in the past these two guys hate each other let's get him in the ring you know brett and sean like let's let's fucking do it and uh, you know with varying results and uh, but i what i'm getting towards is like i just think it's much easier when we were more concerned about how a character was going to overcome a particular story being told uh which could blend the real world into it and i think you look need to look no further than than what Osprey and Omega are doing right now, which has been obviously being supplanted by this AEW story. 
And and the trouble of this, the danger of this AEW story is it's going to supplant the reality of that story. Like because they, no one's going to believe the the story as much because it doesn't have the same level of heat as the backstage thing at AEW, right? But that story that they're trying to tell has been going on for a long time. They have been yeah. going back and forward on Twitter, which is the modern sort of and. And do people really like people really believe like, oh, maybe they really do hate each other. And who knows? I don't know. I don't know whether they like each other, they dislike each other. I don't know. I mean, they both have huge egos. I think that's probably maybe more in line with, say, a Brett and Sean situation. Well, before they had the... <laughs> before the real falling out. Before the real falling out. Like uh, two guys who don't necessarily like each other probably have slightly different philosophies on what wrestling is, should be. Can Osprey do the sunny days comment with Ibushi? <laughs> Is that what's <laughs> going to set it off? But uh, but are willing to work together to make fucking draw a big house and make a lot of money. Yeah, and and but as, as I said, Dave, we don't know whether or not they dislike or like each other. We don't know, and I I like not knowing because the yeah, mystery yeah. creates the intrigue about the characters. It's just I don't get the idea around understanding if the 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 actors in a particular movie like or dislike each other as a way to better understand their portrayal in the film. Like that seems silly. So it seems like people are more interested in being taken out of pro wrestling and taken into reality behind the scenes. And it's like, well, for what purpose? Why are if, if that's what you want in your pro wrestling, fair enough. But I can tell you as someone who has walked that path with WCW, it does not end well. Because it cannot end well. There is no satisfying payoff when at some point one of the wrestlers said, I am never losing to you. Mm. Which, you know, reportedly has happened. So you're never going to get that story yeah. unless they can figure that out. And that's not what pro wrestling yeah, is. It's wrestling, not wrestlers having uh, like any, I mean, fair enough, some sort of creative control over your, over your character. But and you know the ability to be creative and free in that space, but to a point where you're saying I ain't eating the pin from that guy or this guy or whatever. Yeah. I mean that's a slippery slope. A famous story that Tom Lawler was telling on um, he was telling on uh, Filthy uh, Filthy Four Daily. Uh, he was saying that on the tour bus he was playing a game of how many people how. Who of New Japan's roster would CM Punk actually beat in a real fight? <laughs> <laughs> and he was going through like, because obviously CM Punk's sort of history in in uh, the UFC and, and Tom Lawler having very little time for it. Yeah. And just thinking like New Japan, like for people that aren't aware, like New Japan's dojo system requires every wrestler go through to essentially become a shoot wrestler first. So they know how to, they know how holds look and how they feel and how how to experience those things, like and that's what we said before, Dave. Like the yeah, reality, like, like stretching guys is fucking real. Yeah. yeah, but isn't it interesting in a company that is so committed to kayfabe? Your grounding is in shoot reality. Yeah, right. And there's something to that. There is something to that idea of that's the idea of like a, I mean that's the ultimate anokiism, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, but the guys are all the guys can all. In, it's got to be grounded in reality. Reality, yeah. it has to be. You have to understand how to make something look good, but you also have to respect what it's like to be yeah. put in armbar. Because because then you can have the hokiest fucking character. You can have a Yano, 
and it can be fine because everybody knows that that dude can legit shoot. He can do the hokey shit and everyone thinks it's wonderful and funny. And then when he belly to belly suplexes someone, everyone goes, ooh, yeah. Ooh, what's happened to Yano? You know? That's the beauty. I was gonna say it's funny you brought up the Yano thing before too, because I still remember that G1 where he was actually doing the hip tosses and everything, and the crowd were popping big time for it. And it made absolute perfect sense. He's a shooter at this, and every guy's a shooter. Like he's a but he's like a college level pro wrestler like a a amateur wrestler his sprawl game is awesome but like you just but that's the point dave if it's grounded in reality everything from that point you you don't know where the where that's what i'm sort of getting at i think maybe and you even talked about the young lions Mm. because they come to that reality and it feels like you're on the journey of them to become a star and like to build themselves to be a guy that's a real story that's a that's a real story and then their stories are then grounded the origins of their their stories are grounded in reality so whether it's Mm. conflicts between guys or friendships between guys when they're young boys growing coming through the system together and then going off in different directions or whatever and for whatever Mm. reason that's all built off the period when they they started together but i really like that idea dave that i haven't thought of it like that in the sense that when you pick a young boy, when you pick a young boy, it's for all New Japan fans out there. It's a it's a lovely experience. It really is. You just say, "That's my guy. That's my, my guy," <laughs> and and you get that experience of like following them through. But there's two levels of story happening. There is the story of just that character, like that human that you know who their dream is to be a New Japan pro wrestler, and they get the opportunity to be that, and they you want the best for them as a pro wrestler. And so anything as they progress along the way is a, is is furthering that experience because when they're and there's no character to them there's no artifice there's none so you have to make the assumption that what you're seeing is the real person because they've added no layers of anything mm-hmm. even though that person coming through is a character in the presentation like it's been established they've been trained to do this but you feel like they're not you feel like they're they're the real them. And so as they go through that process, you've got that connection to them. And then when they add the layers of story to that, they start crafting the character. They start doing that. It's all in service of that same outcome. It's all in service of them becoming the star, however they want to do it. So you'll get people where it's like the JY character of, I want to be this despicable heel that's going to manipulate the system to make it fit me. I'm the smartest guy. I know I pull the strings. I'm this, you know, I'm this, uh, uh, this you know the leader of the bullet club and i've got you know i i speak it into existence i manifest yeah, destiny yeah, i'm, kind I'm of the natural this shit came to me easily yeah and oh, that's but, why i'm so confident and that was told from the time he was a young boy he yeah. was that was always told from him like they, he, he was always like i fucking couldn't understand why people couldn't just get in there and run the ropes and he's like how the fuck do you not know how to run the ropes yeah but First that's his I character in the ring, i knew how to run the ropes yeah i did it i just picked up the phone i i went over there flew in there just did it i just knew how to do it i was i yeah. was second day of school i was running the class like it's like that's that's him that's, <laughs> that's his the character. that's the yeah. character because he even when he's a young boy he was beating up david finley all the time because finley's character is the exact opposite i had everything i was handed everything and I, I struggle. Like I can't live up to the expectation of my dad. Yeah. And and I'm not nothing comes natural to me. I have to work for everything I get. And so these diametrically opposed young boys in their black tights and their funny haircuts are 
uh, from the beginning of their journey are established in their roles. This is the now further that, but because that's how they start, because that's their origin, you believe that to be them. Like yeah. you think that that's that Jay White is this natural, and it's I'm very I'm I'm sure it's an it's an exaggeration of his actual person. It's like I'm sure it was because the dude is a freak talent. So I'm sure there was parts of that there, and the same with Finley. You know, I'm sure there were parts of that, but it's amplified the same way Austin talked about up to eleven. It's amplified yeah. from the time same they start. Yep, exactly. It's just amplified. And, uh, yeah, but to see, so that's the key. I think that origin and reality. I think the key where we're, we're looking at a distinction now, and I'm just thinking about it from how I feel about New Japan's capacity to tell those stories, is if you lead with the assumption of reality. And everything following it is artifice. Everything following it is story. Everything following its character. You invest into that. If you lead with story, artifice, character, and then insert reality, mm. you're sacrificing what you've done at that point. Everything is destabilized because you're not building on anything. You're, you're, built, you're, you're tearing it down. And yeah. I, I mean, that's why those stories are told by Charlton and... and um... Kelly, uh, that's why those stories, like, you know, uh, even guys who don't come from the New Japan dojo, so you, they talk about Tai Chi being a Kawada guy in all Japan, everything has an origin, and, and that informs uh, at least the, 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 the beginning of their trajectory. And so throughout their career, that informs feuds, that informs interaction, that informs moves, that informs everything. That's that's the beauty of New Japan in my eyes. And the nugget of reality. They they always draw you back to reality. Yeah. Or their their presented version of it. And that and that that makes the the kayfabe side of it still feel real. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? And that's the that's the thing where it all can work because at its core, at its central, you believe in the character because you believe where they've come from and you believe yeah, you're constantly told where they're come where they've come from and how they've gotten to the place that they've gotten to. And because because in many respects the character is the character is elevated above all everything else. Yeah. Even the story that they're in, the promotion they're in. The character is elevated above everything else. That they are the most important thing to get across is that character. Because if we can get across who that person is, you are more likely to be able to understand their motivation, why they're doing what they're doing. So they elevate the character. And the only way they keep the tether of why we should care is they tie you back to their origins. And I think that I think that a big part of that is saying, yeah, that's that's why it's easy to believe. It's always easy to believe because they never give you a chance to forget. And that's why we constantly like we constantly like when's Jay putting Yo on the front of the bike next? Like yeah. we're constantly referring back, like there surely there's a link there. What what's the link? When's that going to revisit? Like because they will they they've always got that in their back pocket. New Japan is to always oh, harken back to the past relationships yeah. between guys. That's why you're seeing now this finley juice feud you're seeing the uh you know the, the rise of uh jay and those guys and now you know this interesting interaction between juice and jay in bullet club yeah uh, 
but it's like Tama and Jay and then Gato and Jado, like how perfectly yeah. those pair up. Like, yeah, I just think it's, I was really interested by that insight. I didn't think about it like that, but now that you've sort of mentioned it, we sort of talked it through. I'm like, that's a, that's a really great takeaway to think about a, the presentation is like, if you ground it in reality, everything that follows it feels real and no one is seeking more reality. You're not seeking, like I don't ever seek to want to understand what the real story is behind that. Cause I just believe that the presentation is the way it is because my, in my goal is to watch this character be fervent to yeah, the point I exactly. want to see them. That's what you end up looking for, isn't it? The next layer to pop on top of that character. Like we're, we're talking about, Oh, you know, an interaction between Okan and Muda yeah. oh, could that potentially add another layer to this Okan character that's being shaped before our eyes. He got misted. Will it, will they ingest the mist? It's like, yeah. Does that mean he's gonna be Misty Magoo Khan? <laughs> at Wrestle Kingdom, Misty Magoo at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that's that's the point. I I think it's really a key takeaway. Is the reason that I follow New Japan in that respect, and the reason I follow pro wrestling that's pre- characters that are presented in that way. And I think to some extent, that's an area that people can look to is is the tethers, is understanding the importance of tethering it in reality, despite it being or kayfabe i've never felt like i wanted to understand more about the human being of jay white that of like what he does like it's a joke you know the farmer like it's but that's the thing like he's has his own life out there and that's his life and he can do whatever the fuck he wants i don't care what i do like is when he turns up on my television screen in any format on a streaming device whenever he's presented in the spotlight he is he's never jamie he's always jay and that's what I want. I want those guys because I grew up on those guys. Every character that was coming through was that, you know, every single character. Dude's like, Jay, you're fucking constantly looking for Easter eggs. Like what's he, what's he hiding and where's he hiding? And why isn't that rewarding? Like, I don't get why that isn't the reward enough. Like, is it because there there aren't enough of those being planted that people have to seek? Well, they want to know the reality. They're not overt, like we said. They're subtle. They're nuanced, and people are like man, fucking the Western, the way Western audiences consume content these days, it's it's like yeah, you know, fucking, it's got to be thirty seconds less. That's why TikTok's so fucking. Popular. Is that not the? Is that not the, what I'm getting at though? Is that not a potential detriment? Is the reason people are more interested in the backstage is because they're not being trusted enough. That yeah. the, we have to trust the fan base, not hold the hands, actually say to them, this is what it's going to be, and we're going to tell these stories. Look for the Easter eggs. Find joy in engaging with the story, and we make it a challenge to engage with the story as opposed to the challenge of understanding what's happening behind the scenes because it yeah. feels like people are seeking a challenge in their pro wrestling. They want, to, they want to find out that if you want to be the smartest guy, right? you want to feel like you're ahead of the curve, understand the story. Engage yeah. in the story because you can get 40 sides. Like, you don't. I was feeling like fucking king shit when Muda and, and Okan were getting together. I was like, holy fuck, get my W ready, everyone. Like, <laughs> because that was little things in the story about the presentation of the character. It was like, maybe this is heading that way. And then when you see it, like, holy shit, it's not to say other than. I felt like I was connected to the story. And now I feel even strongly, more strongly connected to a cart. I don't yeah. care if fucking Oka's out fucking anyone. Because yeah. who knows? He, we don't know. We don't know the great Okan. Yeah, we don't know if he actually We don't know. It. We yeah, have yeah. no idea if he's out doing it or not. He's But every time he is 
captured doing something. He is the great Okan, ladies he's, and gentlemen. He's his teabagging now, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and that's but that that merging of reality and kayfabe, where you know the original guy, you know his character, you know all stuff, to get him to this point, it means that it feels like the story beats are the reality beats. You know? It yeah. feels like that. Even if it isn't, it feels like that. And at the end of the day, this is a, a feeling business. It's emotion. It's built on that. It's enough for me. I get my fill. So I don't need to seek to understand the backstage politics of it all. I can find them and find them. I go, okay, I'll read The Observer. I always read The Observer. Okay, that's what's happening with the business. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in the, 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 the performance of the business and how those ticket sales are going. and what. I, that's fine. But like, I don't need to know anything about the characters because the reality is it's not going to service any of the story other than does this guy sign or is this guy leaving? They're the yeah. only kind of interesting parts of like, okay, how are they going to tell that story? You know, so I do think that's a really, I'm, I'm really glad to had that. I'm glad we had this chat because yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. Like the origin of the character being the grounding in reality that frames their, their interaction, how we interact with them, you know, really interesting. Uh, well, it's actually, it's funny, you know, because uh, talking about what's going on there, it's always good to go back into past. Uh, we'll always have the good times, Red. We'll always have uh, the good times. Always have the good times. Always have the good times. It was actually really cool. You guys were talking about uh, Yano before and, and just how much of a banger he was because I actually went through the panels and Yano, I was watching um, banger. On August 12th, 2007 at Guku, uh versus Shinsuke actually and it blew me away just how much of a beast yano was in that match like i know he's taking on shinsuke but man he was really laying into him like still dirty was even this more. was this gbh great bash yeah. heel yano yeah 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 and i mean that like was blonde like, hair yeah blonde hair like he was a legit badass in this match like i was like holy shit like this guy is kicking the crap out of shinsuke right now shinsuke was kicking the crap out of him but i mean yeah. we knew that but what a great guy but this is Yano taking it to him. So I was just like, wow, my hat's off. No wonder why everyone was popping so much in that G1. We're like, holy crap, let's go. And there's the callback. Um, about, planted you know, the seed, Red. You planted the seed. This is yeah. all long-term booking on your front. <laughs> and you were trying uh, to move that conversation to Yano. I well, I know you guys brought it up and I was like, oh, shit. And then I was Get just my like, shit oh. in. Uh, no, but then I realized I can't go into it because then I'll be just stuck Red, talking about a match. You don't have to go into it. You plant the seed. Yeah. You you guys planted the seed. No, you you planted the seed, right? You you did. You did. <laughs> well, going through and actually hearing uh people chant again for the first time, it struck a chord with me, particularly seeing my boy Naito get so emotional and teared up. Oh yeah. Uh and it got me thinking. I wanted to go through and I, I decided to go on through and I watched the Wrestle Kingdom 2017. Um the you know, Wrestle Kingdom 12. Uh, where oh, uh, yeah. one of my probably my favorite Naito intro, yeah. and just yeah. hearing the crowd going, no, no, ah, everyone was just going batshit insane. Yeah. And that got me thinking, I would like to go back in time when they aren't chanting Naito, but not due to a pandemic. And this was before Naito became who he is now. This is when he was thrusted into the spotlight, and people didn't really necessarily take to him. Um, it was October 13th, 2014, once again at Ryaguku, which is why I've probably mentioned that place three times now. Mm-hmm. So Shimohol. Mm, so... Shimohol, exactly. But that's why if you go back and listen to it, Dave's it's been there. the only place that I could remember its name. It's a great place. 
<laughs> now, once again, it's it's a very, very simple uh, thing that I've gone with this week. What I like, what I didn't expect, and what I did expect. Uh, now, this is Naito versus some guy you might know called Kazuchika Akada. Uh, now, the, the reason why I picked this match particularly was because it was hearing Naito's song and not hearing anyone chant Naito. Mm. And he's come out and he's wearing his, you know, his little tiny white and red pants with the frilly parts and everything. And he's come out and everyone's just like, cool. (laughs) Great, you're here. The Yoshihashi of it all. Yeah, and that's kind of what it felt like, you know. And then, um, so, you know, I mean, so I'll go straight into it. Like, you, like for me, after watching Naito for so many years and, and not really watching this version of Naito too much, uh, the Tranquilo is not there. <laughs> there is no chill whatsoever with Naito. Like, he is so aggressive from the absolute get-go. Like, just a flurry of punches and kicks and trying to get every one of his moves in straight away. Like, d- don't get me wrong, I didn't actually expect this, but the crowd were still into Naito. Um and uh, funnily enough, Naito was still hell bent on completely destroying his neck, uh, <laughs> even to the point where <laughs> the Akata did a, a, a back drop kick. So let's just think about this for a second. He kicks Naito in the shoulders, and then Naito proceeds to RVDT his head into the ground. So he's kicked in the shoulder. Naito's response: "I'll drive my head into the ground." Absolutely perfect and brilliant. It's what I loved about Naito's. And also hate about him at the same time. <laughs> um, but it's the thing though, is it's like, like Naito just being so aggressive and no tranquilo. It's just, it's really cool to see the progression of what a character can be and what they yeah, are. The, like the stark contrast from where he was to where he is. And, and that's exactly it. And that's why what you guys were saying before, it's so exciting when you do get invested into someone and you watch them grow and you watch them yeah. develop. Like, you know, Okan is another one right now. Like you guys and Jay, uh, you know, you juice, uh, you know, Finley. We get to see these guys and where they are right now and where they're going to be. They could eventually become their own version of Naito. Can you imagine what it feels like, Rev, for those people that were fans of Naito back then to see what he's become now? You can see why they're so invested yeah. in him because they got to see him constantly fail. Yeah. You know? but the, and that's and also, too, Naito's hairline was there. Yeah, it's a different uh, time. It's a different time. He, had, he hadn't actually worn it away from like headbutting the floor. That's <laughs> no, the hat. It's an, the hat keeps going up higher. Is it, trust now, me, I know. Now, shocker, Okada wins. Spoiler <laughs> yep. alert, uh, right there. But yeah, the big takeaway for me for this one was if you do want to go back through and, and watch an older match of Naito, check this one out big time because it is that high intensity, high octane that Naito brings but just with no tranquilo. And I mean, Okada's still doing the same Okada things. In fact, Okada brings out a Death Valley Driver brain buster, which I have only ever seen him pull out once every blue moon. In fact, I'm pretty sure he did it to Kenny at Wrestle Kingdom. And that's about the only other time I ever recall him doing this particular move. So really cool to see a move that he obviously did quite often when he was younger that he doesn't do too much now. He only ever breaks it out very often. A bit now. of lucha probably too, with the two of them with, uh, Okada. So what what uh, what date was that, Red? What date was that match? That was October thirteenth, two thousand and fourteen. Okay. That was the, so that's the Stardust. Stardust genius, yeah. Stardust genius, yeah. When he's the white meat baby face. The superstar coming up that they believe has got 
uh, has got all the skills and can be sort of presented as this all-conquering young uh, phenom kind of present presentation. Yeah. Compared to what we know Naito to be as this sort of self-conscious, a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit, uh, not the not a confident character in that respect. So he was no, he didn't wasn't able to sort of capitalize on his position because he didn't. He didn't truly believe who he was and what he was, how he was being presented. Um, so yeah, that era of, and again, it's no, no, no uh, surprise that it's Okada and Naito even back then. And so every time we see them again, it's always uh, you always reflect back to these matches because it's these different, like when Okada, when Naito can beat Okada finally, it's such a such a huge moment for those fans that were watching him in that, in that moment that were perhaps a fan of him at that stage where you could see that he just didn't have the confidence in his, in his, in his conviction. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't as assured a character. So when he finally does beat Okada, it's an, it's not just a win in a match. It's also an affirmation of him transforming himself to become something more, you know? Well, and you also think back to when he lost to Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, when because he actually did the callback, he actually lost confidence in himself during the match, and he tried to go back to doing this. Uh, the was it the Stardust Stardust Press? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Go, and that's what ends up ruining the whole match for him. Yeah, but my God, when he does it at the Double Dome, yeah, my yeah, God, yeah, that was to win the two belts, wasn't it? That was to, that was to win two belts. You know, that yeah. was the second night of the thing, and you can people the, cr- the crowd a few times hasn't had yeah it's always been a story it's always yeah. been a thing it's like and when he goes for it everyone goes no <laughs> because it's like <laughs> why are you doing this when yeah. you can beat the man but it's not just that as you said red you're watching him there it's like he wants to demonstrate that he had it all along yeah like he had his skill set back then was good enough to beat okada he just didn't have the confidence to do it he didn't have the under the belief in himself and he's gone all this way to find it and if I'm going to beat Okada, I'm going to beat him the way I should have beat him all those years ago. And when he did, uh, yeah, holy shit. Uh, yeah. You know, people will say it was a couple of years too late, but that's a that's the story of Naito. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like it's never on time. No, it's always, always, always a long meal. Yeah, it's always just tranquilo. It's always, tranquilo. It's always like <laughs> delayed gratification. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just... I just thought it was really cool with everyone chanting Naito again last night. What did you think, Red, of uh, Okada back then? Yeah, I I liked. I, I couldn't understand why they dyed his eyebrows. Yeah, the blonde eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Sonata school of uh, of eyebrow care. Okada's just one of those guys where it's like heel, babyface, whatever. He, he kind of just, he goes out there and he's got such a rhythm to his matches you know what I mean? Like, you know, when he's building towards the finish and, you know, he's just, he's always had that consistency. Like really like the two of them, actually, you, the only difference between either of them was the aggressiveness of Naito. Mm. Okada, however, he remained pretty much exactly the same. It's interesting, isn't it? When you think about it, um, because if we think about that, that was what year, 20, 2014? Yeah. yeah. So Okada's like 27 at that stage. Wow. You know, and that kind of puts a lot of it into perspective about that guy. You know, yeah. like uh, we talk about now and looking for, you know, everyone talks about Jay at 29, you know, like how accomplished and how confident he is. Um, yeah, Carter's just a one of a kind in terms of he was on the main event 
at that stage. He's been, and people will say like he's been the main event for a decade, but it's like, well, do better. <laughs> like, yeah. like there's a reason, you know, and there's a reason they can keep going back to that match and people will care because it's not the same match. I'm sure you're watching that match. You said, Red, the moves are different. I'm sure the story of the match is very different because Naito's in a different position entirely. Yeah. You know, like how uh, – were they trying – in that match, were they trying to get Naito over as a sympathetic guy? Were they trying to yeah, like, they, have the they, underdog they, struggle? Was it Okada yeah, they, is the full cunt Okada? Yeah, Okada was like in full heel mode and everything. Yeah. And, and they definitely were building a lot of sympathy, like a lot, a lot of sympathy for Naito yeah. within that match. And it's just really fascinating to see the two of them where they were then and where they are now because uh, virtually in terms of like, you know, match rate and stuff, identical to what they do now. But the two of them are completely different people. Well, I mean, it's hard with Akata, but Akata even still is very different to where he was there as well. Like he's, mm. he's you know, a completely different guy, but at the same time, it's still Okada, whereas with Naito, it's night and day. Yeah. The difference between the two people. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it, it wouldn't be long before he'd go away on his sojourn, again, his second excursion. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when he would discover the the, ungov- the ungovernable one and and finally find that confidence in just giving, in giving up worrying about anything, I guess. That was kind of the whole arc of that character was – the man who was so concerned about how he was perceived because he knew he was given a push and he was concerned about what that would say. Cause he's, you know, the most of all the people that care about new Japan pro wrestling, he's number one, you know, this is the biggest, he was the fan. His dad still comes to the shows. His dad took him to the shows when he was a kid and continues to go. And he's, he's a new Japan lifer. He is committed to this company. And so he can imagine the desk, the, the heartbreak it would have felt when he is getting everything he ever wanted and he knows he's probably not, he's not, it's not clicking and it's not working. And he's thinking, oh man, if this doesn't work, what does that mean? Where am I going to, like his whole, his whole dream of everything he wants to achieve is, it's, it's been ripped in front of him. And he's looking, not only that, he's staring at a younger Okada in that spot that he's coveted his entire life. And he's realizing, my God, this is the guy. Like, that's the guy. I have to be better than that guy. And I'm, I don't know if I can do that. And it just didn't click and he struggled and then he went away and, you know, found La Sombra and Roosh and those boys ran roughshod of CMLL, found his smile, you know, like he found everything he needed down there and he came back. And when he came back, he was doing that weird, it wasn't necessarily clicking either how, because he was, when you, you think he's ungovernable now, but once it clicked, what a character! Like what a character! One, I mean, honestly, you can you can call him one of the most original and different and just unique characters in the history of pro wrestling. He's just something mm-hmm. different. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. There's a there is a like an interesting kind of character trope uh, or in, seen in sport, right? Like where you have the guy who's considered the best, who's the most consistent guy, uh, you know, seemingly always wins. But there's like this idea, like the kind of like the GSP idea, right? So like the guy who's super consistent or it's like almost impossible to beat because he's just consistent. But there's there's like a, a level of like, not to say that Okada doesn't have flair, but there's like a level of lack of uh, style points associated with it. But then there's another character, right? So 
uh, who has this this kind of like unimaginable talent that can be seen, but it's kind of like you see it in flashes. Where they can't like, put the pieces together. Yeah, like oh, oh, like the flashes of talent that you see, you're like, oh my god, this guy, like, but the consistency is not there. Mm. So I always found like those types of guys across sport, the most fascinating guys, like where that, that flashes there and you're like, oh, he's done something they've never seen before. This guy's amazing, but he can't put it all together. And then on those moments when they do, that it all comes together for whatever reason, you're like, oh, it's like that sort of the self-fulfilling prophecy of like him getting to that point where the talent uh, fulfills um the potential mm. and you go oh wow it's happened but then but then that 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 pound for pound number one consistent guy is still always there along the way yeah and compared they're like two different types of performers it's more rewarding i think they're the, the risk first reward guys like nido is an ultimate risk first reward guy yeah 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 absolutely risk first reward yeah because if you pick them Sometimes they turn out to be Tetsuya Naito, and if and sometimes they might be it might be Yo or it might be Sonata, where it's like Sonata gives you glimpses. But like basketball, I always thought had those kinds of guys where you were like you see a guy and you're like, oh, I like flashes of just unbelievable skill, and you're like that dude, and then like you know they have a fucking crazy injury or something. Yeah. But when, that, but when those guys eventually are, are able to ascend over a period of time, you're like, oh, and they're all kind of balanced. Place. what's great is even if they don't they have this legendary mythical status as these like what ifs you know what if and if they just had figured it out or just connected thought of um penny hardaway as one of those guys like as a as a what yeah. if, like what if he didn't get how how good would that guy have been and how would he have changed the game Basically how great. would it have been <laughs> the same thing yeah, yeah, like, yeah what would he have been and but we saw it like if, if Zion uh, if he's not careful yeah if but if we saw yeah. it with like if Okada is Kobe at the time and McGrady is Naito, like there were moments where he was better and everyone yeah. that was there can remember it and they can, and people talk about it and look, they look like you talk about it now and think you're crazy, but it's like, we were there, we saw it. And it's like the same thing you're saying with this match red, like people that are seeing it there, even though that match is what it is. And even though it's the story's built the way it is, I guarantee you there are people sitting in that crowd that see a glimpse of Naito and go, Oh, he's the man. He's the best. That's yeah. the guy, and and you see that, you see that now, and we we talk about it even to this day. Of like, there are guys that just there's something about them that if you you believe in them, that you hope that they can achieve what you, you what you're invested into them, and some of them will, and some of them won't. But God, if you if you were there buying Naito stonks back then, good God, yeah. you were eating well for the last couple of years. You were like, because everyone complains about Naito's booking now, but can you imagine the people the people that were watching back then? I'm I'm I think they're just like, well, we had our moment, we got yeah. our moment, we got that arc of him finally holding up both belts before Kenta decided to ruin it. But like, <laughs> we got that moment, and for them, there's nothing that can take that moment away. That was that affirmation of. He yeah, did it because, because the failure enhances the success. Yeah. Whereas with, with a with a guy like Okada, who's just constantly at the top. But failure is not needed for his story. 
That's no, not no, who no. he is. No, it's, it's it's a different character. But those but those characters, then I think that's is why Naito is as over as he is. Is that his failure determines his success. It makes his success but, so much more appealing. It magnifies it. Magnifies it to a point where when it happens. That's why. That's why. Like they cheered fucking the other night, and everyone. It's like Naito, Naito. Like they love him for his failures. Yeah, and and because not just because of his failures, but because of how he has responded to his failures and how yeah. he is, he is still there. You know, and Okada is going to be so underappreciated, so underappreciated. He's like superannuation. Like he's going to give you solid returns. Naito is the is the feast or famine. Yeah, Naito's fucking Bitcoin. <laughs> 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 you, might, you might get a thousand fucking X returns, but you might have to eat some shit along the way. <laughs> Almost like based off the analogies, I thought that Naito is like New Japan's Mick Foley. Might take a lot of L's, but uh, when he gets that win, it's a feel-good moment. It's He's a exactly like Mick Foley. Yeah, I think I feel like that's why Mick was as over as he was during that period because you know because of the failures that he had, and then when it finally happened for him, everybody was didn't think that, that was going to be the narrative. You know, they thought he was always going to miss out. I think the only difference is Mick was never the chosen one. I think that's the Mick had the most unlikely ascent. You know, mm. at least with with Naito, he had that idea of of the big thing of like, you imagine the, the indignity of that, of having to go with your tail between your legs back to Mexico. Like it's, it's a big failure. And yeah, I think it's the same thing where people connect to Mick Foley and they still connect to him to this day because they empathize with the experience of, of wanting something. And anyone that follows a character that wants that know that they care about it, that's the thing about Naito, same thing. Everyone knows that Naito's wanted to be the, the he said it. He wants to be the number one star. He wants to be the guy. And so that's the that's the projection, as we we're saying before. Like that's where he's going. And that's what fans want to see for him. They want him to get to there. How he gets there, it's up to him and how he does his story. But at the end of the day, they want to see him succeed because they know how much it means to him and they care about him. Mm. So the Naito, I said, where does the real Tetsuya Naito begin and end? I don't know. I think we saw a bit of it last night. I think we saw a little glimpse into who the real guy is last night. I think you did. I think you're right. Yeah, he couldn't hide it. He couldn't hide that he cared. But that what's the difference between the character? Ed? What's the difference yeah. between the guy no, that no. cares about that thing? Because no, his no, character no. is, his character is, I'm ungovernable, but I'm really, I really care about my boys. I care about my, I care about the company. Like he's he's a spokesperson for the company. He's always talking about it. he cares, but he doesn't want to show that he cares. And they've been able to craft that into his actual story and his actual character. Again, we know that was a real moment for him. But what was great, Red, it was a real moment for whoever he is. But it was also a real moment for that character because it makes sense for that character. It makes sense that character would 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 resonate with the fans chanting his name because it's an affirmation again of what he's always said that he is the true guy he's the true number one guy because the fans mm. are telling him it so it's a, it fits on both levels whether it's real or it's scripted it doesn't matter if it's real it furthers your story that's how you book reality you know that's you don't hide from that fact it's okay to cry <laughs> everyone's crying um but not for Naito it makes sense for his character for you know if Jeff Cobb starts 
ball on or Jonah starts crying, we might be like, I'm not sure I would have done that, Jonah. But like, it's a bit different. Company, yeah. But also like the idea of like, you're meant to be the monster, but you know, that's, it is interesting to go back to that era. Cause I wonder how many, um, for newer fans, you know, that see Naito as this character and this, this top guy and can't understand how, how, how his, like he's got like the Sasha stands of New Japan fandom. Like the Naito fans are rabid; they fucking love him. And you've sort of explained, like, if you go back to that point, you can sort of see why. Because he started; he he was he wasn't always this guy. Well, they, and even in the match, they were chanting for him. But that was the thing. That was the reason why I hunted this match out in the first place was just to hear his song, and no Naito, Naito. But they, during he era, gets him during good. the match. Yoshi Hashi gets him during the match. Yeah, that's exactly it, though. That's exactly it. But now when Naito comes out, it's this complete wave and torrent of just Naito's during the entire match. So it's cool to go back and see where he was before the wave, the beige wave, to where we are now. Mm. Yeah, it's very different. Because maybe like back in the day, too, like Osaka fucking hated him. Yeah. Yeah. Booed him. Mm. <laughs> Like get go home, Nido. You you're not the star because he was proclaiming himself something that they didn't believe he deserved. Yeah, mm. and he internalized it, and then turned and then turned on Osaka. It's such an interesting uh, character swerve, isn't it? To go from that to what he is now. It's like yeah. it's like one of those. It's the it it just proves the importance of excursions because something fucking amazing can come from that like the experience that he had in mexico you know he doesn't he does he's not the ungovernable naito without that you know no 100 percent. like without without um you know andrade and roosh you know and there's there's also there's no like naito opening his eye without the racism he experienced <laughs> in mexico either you know? <laughs> thank you yeah that whole there's no millions of different shirt designs without the racist Mexican fans. Like, it, it is cool saying that though. With the, the the the, but it's the mannerisms though. That's the thing. Like, even when he walks out, he's still doing that thing where he's looking around. You know, like that thing he does where he looks around. Yeah. But then now it's like everything he does it at such a slow paced, you know, tranquilo way of doing it all. Like, you know, particularly like the, you know, the Los Angeles thing. But yeah, it's super fascinating to actually watch like where he was and where he is now. Yeah, I I think it's a it's always a good study. I think, especially for understanding, um, as we said before, or understanding origins. Like mm. Naito has like a multi layered origin story. Like he had two excursions. You know, like it's it's and you know like it almost it sort of was a downside in a lot of respects for Yudro because he had the first kind of story was going to tie him to Yudro and it was going to be like the narrative. But once he went away again and came back, his narrative completely shifted. You know, he had. And he obviously he brought La Sombra back and like that whole component of of unveiling and helping undoubtedly, you know, Andrade as a guy. And um I'm assuming that played a you know a, a part of a role in getting Andrade to WWE is you know Andrade's matches with Shinsuke. Um and uh yeah, I think that there's a lot of a lot of factors involved in in crafting a character beyond just um beyond just what's the expectation because you can design the the idea and you can say what gato and what the what the team were doing at the time obviously didn't work 
Like it didn't work. The presentation Naito did not, like he had the talent, as you said, read to captivate the audience. But if you were watching, you still would have been like, as a fan, you still would have been get the sense like, Oh, I don't think it's connecting. Like he's not, it's not connecting. It's feel like that. Right. Yeah. You, you knew he was, you, you could tell that he's different and particularly with a Carter as well. Like you two, the two of them had chemistry back then. Like that's yeah. the thing. They just gel. Yeah. And they'll always be destined to be paired because Okada will, as Dave said, Okada will always be that picture of perfection that exists out there that Naito knows he can't be. But on Naito doesn't have to be Okada every night, but just on the right night, you know. And and when he does, when he when he when he is able to to generate the capacity to beat Okada, he becomes transcendent. Like what it takes for him to be the guy when he gets to that point, it it goes beyond anything that Okada can do. And that's the that's the thing that Naito can't do it every night. But it's almost like the reason why I look at him and I think there's he, he he's that character can't have a long title reign. No, he can't. <laughs> it's almost the way the character works. Is it like it builds to a moment and then beyond that moment, he, you know, he's got to be cut down to be built again. Yeah. Because all that it all of it is the journey to the destination and then once the yeah. destination's found it's all about the title it's all about that moment at wrestle kingdom and then break you, you got to rebuild him back to that he's always got to be it's always got to be the chase for Naito. we don't know how Naito is going to find his way to wrestle kingdom and who he's going to fight and what's going to happen but it's always in service of this chasing the moment you know he's chasing like it's like it's like a storm chaser you know like you're always just waiting to hit that perfect moment where it, it emerges in front of you and you're not entirely sure if it's going to happen but when it does happen it's your you are so thankful that you got to see it and i think that i think that that's kind of his character and if he's holding the belt it doesn't make as much sense because he's this inconsistent like he can't you can't have a moment with him um He's a man that doesn't make moments. That's not his idea. Like he's not there to help someone have their moment against Naito. Like unless it's Hiromu, like it's less, it's like there's no one that's going to get that on him. It's more, he's a singular character. There's no one like him in, in wrestling and he rewards you for going through torment, you know? And I don't know anyone like that. You know, that's, I don't know anyone that's, but for fans that have been watching him for a decade or longer, they're yeah. What could you say? Like honestly, I think you should be you'd be happy with where he's at. He's, I mean, he's oh, yeah. the biggest. I mean, if he's not the biggest star, I mean, you watched that show last night. The chan- like you come away thinking, well, he's the biggest star on the show. Yeah. So he hasn't been cooled by whatever's happened. Like everyone's talking about the booking and oh, what's they doing with Nido? What's it? He's fine. He's good. He's fine. He's, <laughs> it's exactly it. Okay, yeah. because. As you said, we're saying before, Dave, like that's embedded now. That relationship is fixed. People aren't going to turn on Naito. Like their relationship is connected. People are tied to him forever because they've followed him the whole time. And when they cheer Naito, I don't, they're just, they're not just cheering him, they're cheering themselves. Like Mm. we're all, we've done it, you know? So yeah, he's a, he's an interesting case. Mm. But it's it's cool to go back to that time, Red. I'm glad. Oh, no, it's good. Uh, it's I'm a good. A, it's a good hint. It's a good highlight for fans that are that are looking to understand, particularly Naito, 
that may not have done a bit of a deep dive on the character just to just to get a sense of one his athletic self you know back in the day also too like if you just want to go back and see like you know young kazu and like there's a whole bunch of things but it's just fun baby kazu yeah i really enjoy going back through and now just watching the matches and this so i don't like to give ratings or anything like that i just That's like to fine, say, right? go out there and check it out it's a recommendation what about the moves red was there anything that sort of stunned you or you like as i mentioned before akata just doing a simple drop kick and Naito turning it into he driving his face into the mat. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, I mean, there it's look. I mean, like like I said, the moves are always flawless and they're so polished. But uh, think, that was just my absolute favorite spot of the entire. Do course. you think Red that that did? No, I'm assuming Naito did a bunch of neck bumps. Yeah. Do you think that plays a big part in why people like have connected with him? Because like, not he's willing to do he's that. Willing to kill him is willing exactly. He's willing to do that for the match. You talked about Mick Foley, man. That's the thing. Like, do you think Mick got half his thing? Was people yeah. said fair fucks? You're willing to jump off this thing, yeah, for us. You yeah. know, like I wonder if there's a big part of that 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 ties people to those top. But not, I'm not, I'm not advocating. Don't no. do what Nido has done. Look at how he walks now. Like, don't do it. But if you if you want, <laughs> I'm like, well, you know. <laughs> I um I went back and looked at uh, footage of Naito when he was applying for the dojo. Oh wow! And uh, there's a baby Sonata sort of sitting next to him. I think he might have been like seventeen. I think yeah, like, baby yeah. Sonata who's dealing with the real failure of not making it. Yeah, baby Sonata. I think even uh, Yoshihashi's sort of in that class of like trying to apply, and. They sort of just kind of go through some different sort of training things as they're being assessed and that sort of stuff in their application. And, you know, speaking of Naito neck moves, some of the shit that he was doing, no wonder they picked him because he was doing stuff that I'm like, oh, man, he would have he would have breezed through the dojo because you're like, far out. How the fuck is he able to do that stuff? And do you not think that that's a big reason why when they saw him, they thought Stardust Genius? Yeah. They thought yeah. this guy is a phenom. Yeah. yeah. And and his career took many different turns because even though he is all of these things, and I think everyone can relate to that to some extent, the guy that everyone had high hopes for didn't pan out. But he didn't flame but then, out. Yeah, he, but then eventually panned out bigger than probably anyone would have expected or in a completely divergent way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a singular story in pro wrestling. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's got, it's got parallels to the rock, you know, like presented as a character that people wanted to push, didn't get over doing that, had to basically go on excursion into the, um, the nation of domination, go heal, go completely against the thing. And then, then turn into this guy that people would revere, but not to the extent, not the same way. Yeah. Like, but good, still good comparison. That's something. I'm but like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I just think Nido's great. And we, we sort of came in, I know I came in about what Wrestle Kingdom nine. So I was watching him, AJ, seeing him then and sort of, I didn't get the full experience of Naito in real time with his ascent. Hmm. Which I'm, you know, I'm I'm envious of those, yeah, um, those people because mm. that that's one of those characters that you feel like. Well, I, did, um, I 
I didn't get a full appreciation for Naito until I watched that Showbuckle essay that he did on yes. him. R.I.P. Showbuckle. Yeah, that was, he used to make some great content. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, fans, we are all uh, doing a poor attempt at what Showbuckle did for us. Your services will never go unrecognized. Uh, you know, live well, King. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 9 was against AJ. That was when he did the Styles Clash off the second rope. Yeah. Classic. Good on your, on your night. I take that like a champ. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, wasn't presented at that point. He was, he was still struggling at that point because yeah. he was being fed to the foreign guys and they hadn't figured it out yet. He was in a high profile position, but he hadn't figured it out. So yeah, kind of cool. Uh, he's a, he's a good guy to follow. You could go back to his early career and find a bunch of bangers, but it's sort of interesting as red. Doesn't mean that they're not as good, but they're not as rich because he hasn't figured it out yet. The cream hasn't been added to the sauce. Right, yeah. But there, there could be good matches in a vacuum. Like, oh, that's a good, well, well wrestled match between very, two very good wrestlers. But it, it doesn't hold a candle to when when you have that elevation of him being so I hate this company. I'm gonna throw the belt here. I'm gonna slowly take off this outfit to piss you off. I'm going to get in your head. Whoa, whoa, chill, 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 chill. Like all that stuff. I'm going to do everything that you thought that you wanted. I'm going to do the opposite of that. Yeah. I'm not going to be what you want me to be. I'm going to be this thing. And when he brings that character to that presentation, that, that match has a much better, It's it means more, which just shows the importance of development, you know, character development. It's key. So it's a good point to look back to, to say, yeah, that's good. But, you know, look at this double dome. Look at this, mm. you know. Good shit. I'm looking forward to this week's. Uh, Dave gave me a little hint as to what he wants to talk about. That red. No, no, I, I, I I'm red. looking forward to it myself. No, you're not prepared. Conspiracy <laughs> corner. Um, Dave's conspiracy well, corner is back for another week. Look, I'm not gonna. Uh, I kind of want to just present something fairly like loose, I suppose. Yeah. And just... then, and then we'll just see if we can sort of figure out or figure out something <laughs> let's so, let's see if we can book something <laughs> oh, brilliant brilliant <laughs> um so this week i uh again went down some rabbit holes i was thinking okay after last week you know doing the uh bull Meccano, thing and Aja Kong which uh yeah you said the AEW must that Ruby Soho must have been listening to the show because uh yep. come out hey, I in... mean seriously when, yeah, when Ortiz like, and Soho I mean, came out I swear did... to god this is a simulator and uh <laughs> I'm fucking running this shit <laughs> <laughs> um anyway yeah so I thought uh where, where what angle am I go down uh, I went down sort of the Jay Tama rabbit hole last week and I was thinking oh maybe I have like where's Taichi going I'm kind of interested to see what's happening there and I couldn't really sort of think of much and I sort of went searching for some content to have a look to sort of give me a bit of an idea a starting point something anyway trust the old Karen watches wrestling uh i uh thought oh, i'll just flick through some content and i had seen that she had done this sort of long form piece on a wrestler uh in new japan and i'd kind of been reluctant to watch it because it was 45 minutes and i'm like this is not a wrestler that i necessarily want to spend the next 45 minutes 
listening to. But I uh, was like, ah, oh, look, fuck it, hang the expense. Let's just see where this goes. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did because it was really, it was really well put together video. And uh, you know, much shout out to Karen Loves Wrestling because she does some great content, and she's a huge fan of this guy. So clearly, from <laughs> spending however many weeks it took to put this thing together. So she did a long form uh, video on evil of all people. Ah, <laughs> not has, where I'm expecting. Has well, we're massive, going corners. Has massive evil love, and uh, the, the freakdom. The freakdom is strong in Karen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shin on her freak. House and, of torture. Um, it's interesting because she kind of opened my eyes to some things that could potentially be going on with evil that are uh, intriguing. And, you know, he seemed to me like kind of an, a bit of a nothing character since winning the belt. Mm-hmm. And in that period, it was like, oh, is this just like a thing that's been dropped because it didn't, you know, how do you know if anything's getting over in mm. the fucking pandemic era? Uh, you know, and there was a bit of shit about evil as champ and what was going on there and all that sort of thing. What I'm, and I guess watching her video is sort of what spawned the conversation we had earlier about reality informing, uh, like the, the, the beginnings of a character and then things being built upon that character. That's kind of like this watching this video sort of inform this idea. Mm-hmm. And this is what's made me kind of like rethink how I watch evil from now on. Because so evil was in the dojo with Hiromu. They apparently were like best mates, but Hiromu was struggling. And when when evil was a young boy he was he was a massive naito mark loved naito wanted to be like naito asked naito to be his mentor and naito said no naito saw hiromu struggling and decided to mentor hiromu yeah saw himself in hiromu yeah so that sort of starts like this is the seed of these, this relationship between uh, evil Naito and evil Hiromu, this sort of L.I.J. sort of thing, right? Mm. The story of evil effectively is trying to gain the respect of Naito, but so in, in this whole video that Karen breaks down, she talks about how there's a match, that, you know, he wins the New Japan Cup. He has some signature wins, uh, and then he goes in, he says, I'm going to be number one. I want the belt. Naito's not happy about that. None of them are really happy about that. Um, he ends up winning the New Japan Cup by cheating, uh, defects from LIJ, wins the belt. We know the story. Yeah. There's a period there where he has a match with, Ishii and Ishii beats him and says like an offhanded sort of comment about the only way evil will gain respect is if he hits rock bottom 
he has to hit rock bottom. And the idea being that uh, effectively he's kind of gone on this losing streak now because he's 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 not doing it the honourable way. Yeah, and it's important to note that Ishii doesn't speak very often. So when Ishii speaks, you have to pay attention to what Ishii says because he speaks very infrequently. Yeah. So that it, it, throughout this video, and I'm like, I'm not I'm not trying to steal her idea or anything like that. I'm just sort of I'm I'm trying to uh, uh, build it up and garner appreciation. And so this is like watching that video made me sort of look at that and sort of like, oh, okay, so this is how all these pieces are connected. Um, and the idea of like Naito calling evil the fourth best heavyweight yeah lij yeah there was only four yeah so this this, this constant disrespect that night i mean naito kind of like he throws a lot of shade at lij members um, he thinks that's what motivates them because it's what motivated yeah. him and they never really like interfere in each each other's matches to help no. each other or anything like that so he kind of like he throws shade at evil and for hiromu that has that has kind of like elevated him but not everyone res re responds to criticism the same way. So evil's kind of gone in another direction where he's like, kind of like, fuck you, Naito. <laughs> I want your respect and some way or another, I'm going to get it. Uh, and so he goes off on just like, you know, sort of cheating and I'll take that thing that you want so badly away from you being the belt. Right. Mm. Um. So this idea around like him needing to hit rock bottom. And so Karen was talking about how uh, it, the, the, the ascension of, of um, evil or the return of evil's character isn't going to come until he hits this point of like no return. There is no further, there is no lower that he can go. Yeah. Now a few months back, we were watching about House of Torture getting locked in that cage, right? Yeah. And that we were talking about how, oh, that's an interesting um that's an interesting element in their story. Like right before like G one. Well right uh, that's before. that's what made me draft him. Yeah. So we were like, oh, is that a is that a pivotal moment? Is that like a what is what does this mean? Like is this a is this a a change in House of Torture? Pretty embarrassing. Yeah. You're sitting Super there as people right? are taking photos of you like a caged animal. So then what confirmed me wanting to talk about evil was last night, crowds come back for the first time, they're cheering, out comes House of Torture with this fucking cage. Yeah, it returns, yeah. yeah. So the cage returns. So I sent a message to Josh going, that's interesting. Mm. Like, <laughs> to me, that cage... This is this is what I'm thinking. To me, that cage represents rock bottom. It didn't happen then before the G1 because there wasn't there you couldn't have a reaction to it. No. So now the cage comes out, there's fans, and I'm like, if evil gets locked in that fucking cage, to me, that represents rock bottom. All the fans will point 
and laugh at evil. I have so my how I'm how I'm thinking is how this comes into play is that I don't think it's a chaos thing. I think that there might be something, there's obviously something going on there that between this feud at the moment. But I think all of evil's story will come like everyone's story goes back to their origins, right? Yeah. His story will go back to LIJ at some point. Yeah. I think evil gets locked in that cage trying to put Naito or something, something, something around that. I think evil gets locked in that cage by someone in LIJ and house of torture doesn't help him. They, they scuttle because they've, they've, they're in, in the image of what evil has created, which is the parallel story of what um, Naito has done with LIJ. He created LIJ with guys in the image of him as these misfits, these yeah. ungovernables. Yeah. The story of evil is he's created House of Torture in the image of what he is at the moment. And, and it's important, I would say, as a response to what he feels is lacking in at what he felt he lacked in LIJ, the support that he lacked in LIJ, he never yeah. got. So these boys always help him. Yeah. And like he, and, you know, and like he didn't have the confidence to go after it himself. He, he felt like he needed the help to get there. Yeah. And eventually that's how he sort of won the title. But yeah. So I think that cage plays a role. And I think that that cage plays a role to a point where he's embarrassed put in that cage and embarrassed and uh pointed at and laughed at and then that then creates that then is like the catalyst for uh evil evil shift in evil and that could be like fucking bad dark super fucking evil evil yeah evil evil where he goes well, everything, I, it can't get any worse than this. Yeah. So I'm just going to go. What is it? That's the thing. Like, what does he become? That's the. Well, he's, he's become, he, he, at that point, he becomes a fucking joke. Yeah, exactly. But he gets debased in the same way that, the same way that, like, they laughed at Naito when he proclaimed himself the star. Right, they laughed at him, like they didn't. They didn't just boo. They laughed. And... Well, this is what this is what Karen was saying, right? So they talk about, oh, you know, she was saying, um, lots of people, lots of fans talk about who has the parallel story to Naito, mm. and she was saying it's evil. Evil has the parallel story to Naito, and uh, and that he's currently at that point now where he's like the stardust genius although not considered at that level but but that point where he's not accepted i'll throw an idea out to you dave oh this is what this is what we're okay okay conspiracy book this shit what let's do what he did with not let's send him to another promotion like he goes to he goes to gleet or he goes to noah get thrown in that cage get get Fucking and say fuck is all. He's so shameful that he has to leave. Yeah, and he goes somewhere else. Yeah, like you said, Noah or fucking wherever. I mean, the way that I mean, the way that the Noah relationship is, they're letting like Kojima got the world title. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I mean, 
there's a potential that if you sent him to that spot, they could do what they did with Suzuki Gun. You could run Ross shot, but he could go on his own. He could just say, I've I've got no friends here. No one, no one, I've got nothing. I'm I'm embarrassed. I'm go ashamed. over there, go over there and something happens. He has an interaction with something and he just fucking enough is enough. And so he's over there the whole time just squeezing one of those you know, knuckle buster things and like, you know, just getting shredded and jacked the whole time, just becoming bigger and bigger, like shredder evil. Yeah. Like super shredder evil. Super yeah. Shredder. Or like, like sideshow Bob in prison, just yeah. waiting for the moment to return, <laughs> yeah. you know, just counting down. The- and waiting for the moment to spoil Naito's oh. big moment. I, I, yeah. I can see it now. I can see it now, like inside of like this prison, like this, Mexican prison, it's dark. And then all of a sudden you see these two eyes and then like this one sort of like spinning fan, this spinning fan that says evil just comes up and it's like, well, you know. Could, that, would be, that would be the cool imagery to transform. Like that would be the thing of like the, the lights go out. Like can you imagine the lights go out, which is only signifies for for evil, you know, the lights go out, then that, that song hits, the original thing of like yeah. his and or the bell sounds. It's like he he returns. That's that's that parallel story. That parallel story gets me because it's like, yeah, that's a really interesting insight because mm. everyone thought it as being as Hiromu because Hiromu had basically the same experience. You know, went to went to Mexico, had struggled. You know, like all that sort of stuff. But Evil's experience of failure is playing out the same way once he got into the into the New Japan context. Like we all know, Evil is. A made guy in the sense we all know the company has faith in him so they're not going to abandon him new japan needs heels right yeah yeah they need them and if you're gonna tell a story of an uber heel he fits the bill his name's yeah. fucking evil yeah and the relationship that he has with the adored and loved Naito. Biggest baby face. And Hiromu. Yeah. He adored and loved Hiromu. Yeah. And no honor. Has no honor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And Sonata, the apathetic, whatever he is. <laughs> <laughs> but lovable, whatever he is. You um, know. And then Shingo has also come in and taken his spot, taken oh. that mantle of being the next best guy, the next best heavyweight. Yeah. It came from outside the company. It's like, and that's what those guys like Sonata and Shingo are similar in the sense that they were not like, if you're evil, you're saying, come, come on, man. Like we're new Japan boys that we can't, this is an experience of like, why are you bringing these outsiders in to join this thing? But I do, I, I wonder, this is the part like, and I, and I haven't really thought of it before. And I don't even know why I haven't thought of it before. But like he's paired up with Yujiro. Mm. Like, if ever you're gonna call back to the origins of Naito, Naito's longtime tag partner, like yeah. you're never gonna think of it like, oh, that's right, Yujiro Takahashi. That's what he that's that's him. That's he the guy. Sacrifices Yujiro, like kills him. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is after watching this video. The nuances of Evil's character kind of like came to the forefront a little bit after that. She's done an amazing job. I love it. I recommend you check it out. Yep. And 
it as a result, which is the idea, I'm sure, well, she says so at the end, has now made me watch evil with a different, like, Lens. Watch him in a, yeah, watch him in a different way. And maybe because we have been so fixated by this bullet club thing, we have forgot, we've tried to insert evil into the J story because that seems like where it's headed. It seems like that's the logical move because they're the bullet club guys, Jason or whatever it is. But it, it feels almost like it's at the detriment of us realizing that we're not reading it in relation to Naito and Naito is the coder. Like he's the guy that helps us to better understand evil. And so if you don't, consider Naito, which I literally, I, I'm, I'm stunned that I have not made the connection with you. I, I'm literally stunned that I didn't even think of that. Like, okay. That that's, he's like, he's like taking the guy that Naito and him, like used to tag, yeah. used to tag and that Naito like always had a complex with and like the, and so you wonder like, what's, what's he doing with show? You, you wonder like, what's, what's show, why show, there like why does he you know we all know that yo's got a strong connection to um to naito because naito's always talked about yo as being a guy that i mean that's the thing naito always talked about yo as being um a guy that he could see as potentially joining like that was people wanted yo to join lij i think a lot of it a lot of it comes down to like frustration yeah so show and the yo split is due to show's frustration with yo yeah that's why he turned on him uh, um, Evil's split with Lij was due to his frustration with Naito and not feeling respected. Mm. Uh, I mean, <laughs> fucking bring Eugene. I mean, you <laughs> just doesn't you just doesn't feel respected by the world. Yeah, it's like the world just doesn't accept my genius. But yeah, I I I like that you've found this, Dave, because. It's important for people, and, and I mean, Karen's doing the Lord's work because oh, if, she's, if she's out there being able to frame evil, and I was sort of saying it to you a lot as before the G1 about like why I drafted evil was because not that I was conscious of that, but that I always felt like I'm like, there's something, Surely there's something more. Yeah, I mean, I felt the same thing. It's like you put the belt on that guy, there's got to be more to this story than just a losing streak, and I think. Like we said before, New Japan, they tell fucking long, 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 long form story. Long, long story. They can go a long time. So all of these little things that have happened over the last couple of years are just like, I, I almost want to go back and kind of like re-look at what do, happened. Do you think, Dave, just I'm just speculating, but the, the thing that's happening now is with chaos and like, do you think Ishii is all, like Ishii's in that? Like, is there some callback to this sense that, Ishii's the guy that told him you have to hit rock bottom. I mean, um, I'm not going to get into the super meta textual of it, but the stone pit bull and it's a dog cage. Mm. Like, that's, I mean, that's looking, that's, there's some straws yeah. I'm clutching at. Throwing uh, the house of torture is the dog house. <laughs> <laughs> the dog house of torture. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, even the house of torture, everything about it is just so strange. It's, it's always, hit me strange i've never figured it out i've never been able to get, put my finger on it so i'm glad there's a different in- angle to look at it well what what if he gets put in the dog cage gets sent away mm. embarrassed and everything comes back decimates everything and why is that because he's choosing to live what is evil spelled backwards 
live. That is true. Mm. That is true, Red. There is a he goes reverse evil, like Bizarro yeah. Superman. Yeah, and he starts, <laughs> starts living, and it becomes oh, this white and gospel. But still. oh my god, yeah, we get the. Uh, let's not go that direction. The um, the what was that guy's name? Mordecai. Mordecai, the Mordecai evil. I don't know why. Why does that name? I, I don't know. You you, you just drag that from. It's, it's, speaking of boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I'm, I'm fascinated. I think that's a real key point. I think what's been great about tonight's discussion has been around this idea of origin as being so critical to understanding people and the reality of it like it feels real because you feel like like that evil indignation it feels real mm. now it's part of the story but it feels real is it real or not i don't know but it feels like the the boy got um disrespected and it feels like the boy's been left out to dry and if, and he there's probably a, a, a tangent of that that does feel real to him because like, why, why is Haromu getting the you know? Yeah, and just the returning of that cage. I'm like, what, what is going on there? Apropos of nothing, just comes back. Oh look, we talked about props last week. Evil in his cage. Evil, evil in his cage. Yeah, and I think that he ends up, and you know the the indignation of. You bringing out a prop and then ending up in it. Pro wrestling rules, yeah, yeah. Uh, but and it's the positive for evil. I'll put it this way: the positive for evil, and it's really important to note, is the positive is that they crowd booed and they booed yeah. vociferously. Yeah. They were they the they drew heat. Like maybe they knew what they were doing in the sense of the crowd. Don't like them. Show looked to... happy about about loved it. Eating and shit for once. Fucking fucking, um, Yuge was doing the pimp dance. Like he was yeah. like loving it because it's like finally the cheers of the heel has has returned. You know, and they were the only group that got that type of reaction, like committed ah. booze. And so they're set up. They're set up ready. People already are predisposed to not like them. No one evil and his whole because how hard is it for like think about it? New Japan has built the heel stables on Bullet Club and the foreign outsiders. Like that's been their heel approach for the, for as long as the modern fans are there. So a young boy coming through the young boy system that is a true heel, that is a you know a, a domestic talent, will be a would be a hard guy to eventually hate because you've seen them from the time of their birth. You've seen them their entire career. They, you, you don't want to necessarily hate the guy, um, and especially if you know the law as, as Karen has explored, if you've had that connection to those guys, you know he probably feels a bit justified. They're trying to make him where you just completely forget that and just don't like him. So you feel guilty about it too. That has to be a key part in the yeah, in yeah. his return. People have to feel bad that they were shitting on him. They have to feel bad that they pointed and laughed because that's how you make a baby face. Mm. You know, That's yeah. when the live comes I mean, back, Red. Live. Also, also too, like, uh, like imagine that as a character arc is, and you know how how often has it been done? Has it been done to be a young boy coming through the system, and then becoming the greatest heel in in the company, mm. like the most hated and despised heel in the company? Like, is that like who's done that shit before? 
That could be something I could get behind. Is that, is that not a somewhat parallel story to Naito? To yeah. make a shift in character, he ended up being loved. Well, the opposite of that would be to be completely fucking hated. Ooh, it's like a horror movie. Because one of the best, one of the best matches of the pandemic era was Naito was uh, Hiromu Evil. The because Hiromu nearly beat him. Like that was the story. Hiromu, everyone bit on Hiromu, got him a, a legit pin, and Dick Togo pulled the ref out, mm-hmm. and everyone it was everyone bit. Everyone bit, um, because those two have, and that's the thing. Everyone's like, "Oh, Naito and Evil should be the heated thing," but the the real chemistry was Hiromu and Evil because they have that. I mean, they're like 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 all best friends. They are committed to help each other get over. So they were doing everything they could for one another. He's only he's only thirty five. So and you can play you can play into that story too of like the jealousy that Evil feels towards Hiromu because Naito picked Hiromu. Yeah, that's the story. That's the story. Naito has split, and and he's justified. He, like all great heels, he's justified. Naito split. He put a wedge between me and my best friend. He is the bad guy in this situation, not me. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And that is cool. that's like that's like the fucking Joker, isn't it? Yeah, the Joker, and he's why he is the best heel for Batman. Yeah, because he's justified. Everything he's saying is is true, and every experience he has is in relation to that person, and that's the key part. They can't exist without them, and evil perhaps can't exist without Nido. He doesn't know how to live without Nido. Nido is the that's his entire meaning is based on Nido. He's got to hit rock bottom to find his way back to Nido. Yeah, and Nido, and the best thing is Nido can give two shits. Yeah. <laughs> And that'll and that'll drive evil to be fucking go insane. Yeah, exactly. He will just be over there living his best life, not concerning himself. But we know, as we've said about when we're talking about before, we've read about the Nido character. He pretends like he doesn't care, but he does care. He cares about it because he's the biggest fan in uh, in the world. <laughs> so he'll pretend he'll pretend that he doesn't care about evil and what evil's doing, but really he does. And what's scary about it? And what's awesome about it is the end goal of this whole thing is not Naito is not Naito feeling bad that he got his ass kicked. He'll be proud that he got his ass kicked. Mm. That's how it ends. It ends with you did what you should have done the, all those times. I was right. Naito always wins, no matter even when Naito loses. Yeah, Naito yeah. wins. And maybe maybe Naito then passes the torch. <laughs> <laughs> Here you are, sir. Yeah. Um, as Naito's wheeled out there, you know, as he slowly comes out, no knees, no hips. I'm I'm there for that story because oh, me too. Oh, it I think feels like the next. I'll put it this way: I feel like the next two years of New Japan is going to be the era of torch passing. Mm. I think we're in the era of torch passing at the moment. I feel like oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to have to be really at some point, aren't we? But New Japan did that press conference and they made clear we're getting old, and yeah. the youth initiative is on. And I feel like the torch passing season is upon us. And it is starting. We're in the middle of it now. Even from other companies. Muda is going to torch pass to fucking Okan. Yeah. Uh, Tanahashi's torch passing to Okada. Like, it's happening. It's happening before our eyes. Uh, and we're going to see for, some... I can't wait for Kenta to pick a boy. <laughs> is it ELP? <laughs> Maybe. Might be. Has he, has he picked ELP oh, of all people? Yeah, well, Tai Chi's Tai Chi's an older boy, so like, what are yeah. what are those young boys? I mean, Tai Chi's already got Despi and Doki and 
these young boys. Like Suzuki's going to pass the torch to Taichi. Mm. Like it's going to happen. So there's going to be new leaders, new everything's going to be new. It's the next the next two years about new. And that's why we said it last week, and we'll say you know it's a great way to sort of cap it is. That's why the collective intelligence is better than anything. When someone's able to do that and then create a content, like Karen's created content and they oh. can spur on an idea and yeah. it's like, oh, now I've got a different way to look at this. And I've like, I've never thought of evil in those contexts, well, even though it's staring me right in the face. Yeah. It's staring me right in the face. No. Kept thinking, no, surely there's got to be more to it. There's got to be more to it. And I was like, oh, this is someone who actually has taken the time to go through and sort of like really figure out the character and the story that's being told and i'm like nothing but great. well one 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 reading of that from her position is like she's seeing that and if it spurs something like oh i'm i've never noticed that now i see it and now what do i go where do i take it where do i where do i see this going i mean like i said it's clear those and those the house of torture busters t-shirts are out something's we're getting some story of house of torture coming up mm-hmm. so it starts now Oh, and once again, no, thank you, Dave, because once again, I actually felt like I was listening to a podcast. So much about realizing just how important the conversation around these things are for for us as New Japan Pro Wrestling fans, because ultimately, we've all we've got is ourselves in this endeavor, and we we pay respects to the legends that made content in the past that have been yeah. so formative of art oh, for us. Hundred percent, yeah, and. You, and the current the current creators that are out there and as, as well like yeah you know, doing great stuff doing amazing stuff and they're just they they're showing both their love and sort of engagement for both new japan and all of sort of any types of you know puro wrestling that they're doing you know kind of carrying does a bunch of stuff um it'll become really important when we start talking stardom i've, oh, I've got no doubt about it some really cool profiles on there so yeah yeah um but i I just really think it's about the exploration of these things and the corners and like, you can just put this on and listen to us, try to figure it out. Cause that's all we're trying to do is figure it out. And if it spurs on an idea, that's, that's the goal. And then if it feeds back to us, like my little meme, oh, yeah. you know, like yeah, that would yeah. be lovely yeah. share just, it with it, to see, to share it, feel free to share it or feel free to, to share how you saw it. Uh, or if you disagree with it, there's no dramas in yeah, this no, space. Like absolutely. it's like, Oh, I don't see it like that. I see it more like this. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, that's that's something for us to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and that's and we're spurred on by that. That's it. Like I'm looking for because I don't want to be stuck here talking about backstage drama. Like I don't have any. No, interest in that. no, no. And you don't come to us for that. No. This is this is actually a perfect way to end the show. Uh, tune in next week for when Dave and I run off and form our own podcast, uh, leaving Josh by himself because he got us to the right to fame. Now we're going to have our own podcast. <laughs> and remember, live with the evil. So it's his new era? Is that what's happening? Yeah. It's the live era. Live mass. Well, I mean, live live with evil is better than m- evil. <laughs> much better than evil. Yeah, yeah. Thank Christ for that. I was just yeah. thinking, does he does he team up? Does he team up with Alex Zane? Because you could then you could have Live Mus. You could have like the Taco Bell connection. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. You could have the Live Mus. Uh, good stuff. All the evil shits. <laughs> <laughs>